Shields up, Ironbreakers. We're kind of here coming at you with another episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. This is episode 31. And today I'm here with Gaijin Hunter and a special guest, Shepard. How are you doing, sir? Awesome. Great to be here with you guys. Could be a really good time. Lots of good monster in our news. We're kind of in this interesting valley where the sunset of Rise has started, but the, you know, the new. Uh, sunrise for stories two is coming up so i think there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about probably a good time to reflect on rise in general um yes. and just talk about where capcom is and looks looking at where they're going and things like that well starting out with word plays and puns is a perfect at home way to start the third fleet podcast so i'm super excited you're here um i don't know if i've ever gotten the chance to tell you this to your face so to say we go uh, but you are the you are the inspiration on why i even started doing guides on youtube and that was way back in monster Hunter 3g i was really enjoying the game and writing stuff up and then i saw your videos where you were doing somewhat like uh quasi tutorials at the base camp of the tundra and i never thought about i like i've, I've done written guides i had done forums and you know you make your own like faq guides game and facts, i've done that you cool ASCII yeah. art. <laughs> Oh yeah, and little asterisks all over and nice little formatting and fonts and stuff. And then I never thought about how that kind of stuff works in video form. And so that was the first time I was exposed to it and it was really enjoyable. And that was implanted in the back of my head. You should try some. This this seems really I mean, it was fun to watch your videos. So like thank you for being my inspiration. No, I mean so, you're welcome. I mean I'll go ahead, Raycon. I I was gonna ask if that is if it was at that, around that point that you picked up your 3DS and you went to uh, the place in Hakihabara and had it like modded <laughs> to get a video output so that you could start. It was all it. it was all around. Actually, no, it was. So watching your videos inspired me to start writing my own guides. I was still very apprehensive and like, I don't know anything about video. I don't know anything about making stuff and I, I thought that was well beyond me so but it got me thinking about the tutorial and like there's so much information but when you actually know it you're like no this is super simplistic but then when you hear it from someone else you're like it all just feels very different and you're like okay this is interesting how do i you know shift around the information in an order in which it makes sense for me and then you write out a guide and you read it and you're like maybe other people who think like me will be able to connect with this. And then it just all came together. And then when I had the chance to get it modded and there was a weird humble bumble sale with Camtasia. Oh, hell like yeah. A, uh, video. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it, I got it really cheap. I was like, it is time. And then I, I decided to go out of my comfort zone and the rest is history. So yeah. Well, I mean, people learn in a lot of different ways. Like, you know, you or I could probably sit down and look at some Lord Graf game fact on Freedom <laughs> Unite. And he could be talking about some algebraic formula on, on how the damage formula and stuff. And, and that may work for us, but yeah. there's going to be a lot of people out there that they're going to start looking at parentheses and multiplication and their eyes are just going to glaze over. Um, hey, here's a so, weird question I want to ask. Do you guys have this where I do a video or I or I'm talking about basic calculations right and it's only multiplication usually addition yeah. basically and people are like oh my god math my head hurts i'm like multiplication <laughs> guys and I, I don't know if it's a dad moment but i'm kind of like this is not complicated trust me <laughs> basic algebra right i mean i remember 
learning algebra or the, the very basics of it, probably like fourth or fifth grade, I guess. Yeah. Around there. I you think your A and B solving. I don't know what it is nowadays. I Rubicon? think the, the reasoning um, behind that is because even back when I went to school, which I mean, we're all around the same age, I would imagine. But um, even back when I went to school in Portugal, I was like, the education system is hot garbage. It is so incredibly bad. Because like what we end up getting here uh, is a lot of times you get uh, teachers that they quite simply couldn't make it in whatever area they wanted to go to. So instead of doing oh. what they wanted to do, they oh, end up teaching. Teacher. So I got so many of those. Like I, I pr all of the good teachers that I've had throughout my entire academic career, I could probably count them all on one hand, the good ones. So mm. there's not that many good teachers out there. And I still, you know, I tried hard and I went to like extra tutoring and whatnot so that I would really be at least decent at some of these things. So like, yeah, I, I know the maths, I know the parentheses, multiplications, divisions, all that stuff. And uh, even like um, friggin', how do you say them in English? Equations, uh, all of that stuff, yeah. right? But if you assume that since we've been through there, it was already pretty bad when we went there, right? At least for me, it was. I don't know about you guys. Since then, it's probably gotten even worse. So some of the In people... The, that, yeah, I think so. Um, at least here, there's the whole no child left behind, which basically means we're not going to fail you for anything. Or you <laughs> might really need to be held back a year and we're not going to. So go out there and good luck. I would assume it's good in Japan, Gaijin, right? I mean, I would assume. It's, it's hardcore. I mean, like, what thing is, like, Yuna just finished her first, apparently, the, I don't know, this is so stupid. So, this country is obsessed with studying for tests. And so, instead of just doing, like, a small one-page test every, you know, at the end of every chapter, they do, like, the end-of-period quest. So, this, it was a full week of non-stop, 50-minute test periods, like, the SATs, basically. That sounds and very there's stressful. So, it's super stressful. The parents are stressful on the kids. I wasn't. I, I told her, this is your first time, so just do it and figure out what you're weak in. Like, I don't care what your score is. Um, and so she didn't really study for it. Um, and it kind of <laughs> showed. But, but the thing is, is like, they're so mentally exhausted if they didn't study specifically for the test. Because it takes a good 50 minutes to read all the questions because there's like four pages of stuff. It's hardcore, really tough. Like, we're talking stuff I did in high school. And she's in seventh grade. And this is like yeah. ninth, tenth grade stuff. And it's just like, I couldn't pass this test if, even if I tried. And so it was just kind of like, wow, that's hardcore. Like they, the problem here in Japan is that they have too many students. I know everyone's like, oh, but the, isn't there a shortage of children? Yeah. I'm like, well, no, that's, that's the <laughs> perception is that not there's a tiny Not population. in Tokyo. <laughs> well, I guess so that's I think it's, it's just a high population density and not enough teachers. For yeah. It, so her, her class is 38 people right now. And that's way oh, too many for one school. God, holy Jesus crap. Christ. Yeah, you may as well put and them the, all in a uh, lecture room of 300 students. I know, that. right? And then she's got the problem where she's sandwiched between two assholes, like two boys that, and three or four boys that are all just, you know, at that age, they're all just cracking jokes during class and, and sure. being assholes and I the teacher can't that. handle it. And so she's she's like sitting in the middle. So she's constantly feeling like she's being stared at because they're all like looking over her to the, each other and making jokes. And so she can't even focus in class. And so I'm going to bitch to the teacher about that. When we have the parent teacher uh, yeah, one on one assignments are pretty serious, right? I mean, you, I, I think it's yeah. pretty well enforced over there. You have a seat, I think. 
Well, you have a seat, and then they ha they have you pull apparently like a lottery. They change seats once a month. Oh, okay. and then so this is but it's done month. randomly. So it's a bad month. So I was like, well, if they're going to change it soon, that's good. So let's see what happens. I am going to bitch to the teacher and and say, look, I I I feel really bad for you. Like that's too many kids, and at, kids at that age has got to be a stressful thing. And I was like, but you know, maybe you know if there's problems, like maybe doing lotteries is not the best way. Maybe teacher says I randomly did it and here it is. And behind the scenes, you were actually thinking about where to put the problem kids in the back. And you know, the kids are eager to learn in the front, you know, and I'm going to make that suggestion, but just, I was just going to say them? like, yeah. And I was just going to say like, if you're a listener to the podcast, teachers are not appreciated and loved enough in this world. So if you have yeah. a good teacher, tell them that you appreciate them Very seriously, much. because they're working their asses off for crap pay. And uh, it, a good te teacher can affect you for the rest of your life. So I would say, let your teacher, your good teachers, know that you you appreciate them. I think it'll go a long way. But yeah, the the point that I was trying to make, we kind of got veered <laughs> off. Was that I, I figured that since we've been uh, at the school, it's probably gotten even worse, which leads to you know people they just see math and they just end up hating it because you know. Probably they're not getting talked by the best people, by the best teachers, and so they end up hating it, which kind of sucks. Because ultimately, I don't think the math is necessarily uh, a bad subject. It's just one of those things yeah. that you either have good teachers or you have bad teachers, and if you have bad teachers, you're gonna hate it forever, yeah. and it's gonna impact your yeah. professional life. Long -term and even That's if as you, long know as you know it, well, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. As, as long, I mean, even if you know it, it may not be fun. Like. You may work a long week. You got a couple hours Friday night to play the game. Mm. You want to know what the good weapon is. You don't want to pull out yeah. <laughs> your freaking calculator on your phone and be like, well, if the motion value on this attack is this, <laughs> this monster takes 20% fire damage on the head. If I already use this weapon, like people just, yeah. I mean, some people, it's just, it's not a fun part of the game for them. They just want to hit the monster. Yeah. I have a much more casual approach. And like, I know that when you're doing like Olympic speed running, like that kind like every little bit matters but i was gonna say if you need to bust out excel or calculators to to see which one is better it means both of them are probably pretty darn good um so i'd say for the most people i think over worry about it i think yeah. they're just like i just if it looks clear. good and you and you just just play it i just yeah, and I, I rarely do ils um i like full game speedrunning monster hunter especially monster hunter world but to be honest with you, Gaijin, like you could like really get into the math and stuff doing like the individual levels, but I've just never yeah. found that to either be super fun content to do on my own. Um, yeah. or or certainly it's not good. I don't think it these people are gonna hate me for this. I don't think it's good content to stream either. Because like how unsatisfying is it to watch a guy run into a room, <laughs> pull up a monster, get hit two minutes in, and then abandon and quit. Like there's like no satisfaction in that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I so mean, actually, it was funny. Like, I was I was talking to Yuna about this because she, she Yuna has been watching speed, speed runs and enjoying them as well, and and she comes at it at the same perspective that I do. Is that it's just fun, and we're looking for that, and it's it's not reproducible at our level. Like we'll watch it, we're like I, I'm not gonna attempt that. But there's always like there's there's about one or two tricks you can go like oh I didn't realize during that move you could just move to the left and you're cool. Like there's always right. something interesting you can learn that you could incorporate into your style. Um, but even she was like, I, I, I said, well, are you interested in getting into speedrunning? She's yeah, like, oh. hell she's yeah. Like, 
She said no, because she, she says, you know, what's the fun? If you have it locked down to a script, one, quitting out, she hates. And two, yeah. um, once you have it down to a script, she's like, I like Monster Hunter because it's dynamic. Like, I don't know what the monster's going to do. And it, it's, it goes off rails. And that's the fun part for me. So she's like, I wouldn't, you know, like we, we did a few like Hame runs with bow guns. And she's like, yeah, that felt pretty good. You know, being able to lock down right, a monster and kill it in two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's like, but Cheating, I don't feel like doing that again. It's, it's, not, good, you know, it's not that fun to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, like it's okay if you're just going to do it a couple times, but of like that's yeah, your yeah. existence. Get your game. frustrations out, you know. But like, you know, is your is rise now just like you know, uh, visit the melder as quickly as possible? Like that's not that's not enjoyable. Yeah. Like you, you play the game. Like at a certain point, like you know, you have to do some grinding to get some good gear. But is the entire game about min max and getting a talisman, or when are you actually going to fight the monster? Right. Yeah, and if it's fully so scripted, it, it, have you really fought it, or are you just executing a script? Yeah, so I think, yeah, like you were saying, yeah, the way we all enjoy our games are very different, so I guess that makes a lot of sense with the whole math thing. It's just, it, I just find it funny where I'm like, as, oh, long yeah, as, you know the order, as long as you know the order of operations, and you know multiplication and division, that's everything in Monster Hunter, so. <laughs> so that, and you could throw away decimals, which is nice. <laughs> the rounding can sometimes be weird. The rounding is yeah. sometimes weird in the math because sometimes it absolutely rounds down and sometimes it rounds properly. And that's annoying to calculate. But the nice <laughs> thing is like in the previous games, you would never know that. And you yeah. didn't have to worry. And you didn't have the training room and the damage numbers. So I'm like, yeah. my job is done. I don't have to. They're like, why don't you do motion failures? I'm like, I don't need to anymore. The head of the frog is 100%. You hit it and you're going to get a pure blissful accurate description of how much damage that move generally does against a good part. So I was like, yeah, where the training pole was what? 80% in world. I think it was like 70 yeah, or 80%. And, yeah. It was a weird, weird just, number because like, there's was. almost nothing with like 80% as a motion, as a, as a raw hit zone. I don't think. Oh yeah. Probably it's still actually, even the toadversary though is a little confusing in that it has, it's got like a 30% elemental zone, which is like right. almost non-existent in the game. It's very it's like, rare. Yeah. You're not getting 30% element on every hit. So it's like, you use it as reference, but it's not a pure guide of what you're going to be. Like, the best reference is just go and do it. Like, see how it yeah. feels. The chest is sometimes averages out a little bit like something's heads, because I think it's, was it like 60 or 70% raw and then 15% element, which is pretty yeah. close to a monster's head in general. Um but yeah, it also it makes you wonder why there's even a head on the Toad Versary, other than just knowing the true absolute comparison between different numbers. Yeah. It can also be used for you to get an idea of how long it would take you to stun something, maybe, or how long it would yeah, take you that's to nice carry something with a different... Although, yeah. although that's not, you wouldn't need the head for that. <laughs> yeah. So, Doesn't hurt. Both me and Gaijin, uh, the first time we ever kind of like played Monster Hunter was in the third generation that's why it's the third fleet podcast what was your first monster hunter uh so my first introduction to monster hunter i was traveling internationally and i was in hong kong at the time i think i was in like the Mongkok district it's like the shopping district i was just passing through and there's like all right don't make fun of me all right typical american there's like a little mcdonald's next to the place i was staying uh, I like the egg sandwiches there. Okay, kill me. All right, but they were tasty, and hey, I didn't McDonald's want to eat. in Asia, at least here in Japan, is mwah. it like, hits different. Okay, you don't yeah. understand. It hits different. They they have a little bit more care to it. So, 
one day as I was walking in, I saw four guys sitting around uh, one of the little tables, all with PSPs. At the time, I didn't have a PSP. I mean, I knew what it was, of course. And they were just looking like they were having the absolute time of their lives um, <laughs> playing Monster Hunter. And at the time, they would have been playing probably just Monster Hunter Freedom, or it was probably Monster Hunter Portable, or whatever the, the Hong Kong release would have been. Um, and then as I, you know, uh, walked around the city, I would occasionally go by a video game store because again, tremendous nerd. And that's the sort of place I'd go to. And I'd see these huge cardboard displays of, of, uh, armor of, of the hunters and their armor. And I think I saw something like the size of an encyclopedia. And I don't even, I, I, I'm assuming it was like an unofficial monster hunter guide because even in freedom, there was no way there was that much content in the game. Um, but it left an impression on me. And so that would have been in like July or August. And so by that December or January, I picked up a PSP and a copy of, uh, I guess it was probably, it had to be Monster Hunter Freedom at the time. Uh, and I liked it. It was okay. I mean, I only played it solo. There was no easy way to play multiplayer. Uh, I used the great sword. I had a great time killing most things. Uh, Yan Garuga shows up, uh, absolutely ruins my life. <laughs> and like, I knew at the time if I was patient, I probably could have beaten him. And especially in retrospect, I know his health actually keeps going down. Uh, in the older games, elder type monsters, or in this case, Yen Garuga, he's not an elder, but he was treated like an elder in the context of this quest is you could repel him and his life would keep going down and down and down. Mm. Uh, and I could have beaten him eventually. And yet further later, I find out he's actually completely optional. You don't even technically need to fight him. As far as I know, you can actually just completely <laughs> ignore him. But he's sitting there as your urgent. You're like, you son of a bitch, purple monster. I'm going to take you out. Um, Never did. Uh, hard bounced off of that. Uh, Freedom 2 came out, uh, did a lot better, got through high rank there. And I would say when it really hit was playing Freedom Unite. Um, I think I maybe even imported Portable Second G, and I played that a lot as well. Uh, and hundreds, thousands of hours playing it and then replaying it and stuff like that. And that's, that, that's the game that I really cut my teeth on. Um, and then Try came out, and I guess the rest is history. The rest is documented on the internet, so you don't need to know anything about that. <laughs> but everything prior to that, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I just used to spend, like I was getting my master's degree at the time, and I would go to the coffee shop on campus for like five or six hours at a time because I was sharing a, a car with my, I guess, was she my girlfriend then or my fiance? She's my wife now. Uh, and she would drop me off at the college campus in the morning, and I would get my work done and then i would just play monster hunter for like five hours in this coffee <laughs> shop got a lot of time in and I, I really really enjoyed it and so like almost my entire history playing the game is is solo which is interesting because you know obviously from monster hunter try forward a lot of people getting into the series probably much more social hunters right like yeah. you're just used to going into a hub and playing with other people not to say people don't play solo but you always had that option of like asking for help and it being readily available that being said, I did buy a um, PlayStation 3 as soon as Ad Hoc Party came out. Immediately. Yeah. I'm like, thank God I could have somebody help me fight Elder Dragons with. Um, I was the same it, way with 3, 3G. It was like when it came out yeah. for the Wii U, I was like, I don't care if this is the only game I ever buy for this machine. It's worth it. Yes. So, yes. And it, yes. Was, it was just fun to finally go online. It was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is different. But I still appreciate the solo experience because that's yeah. how I think a lot of us started. Yeah, it's, I mean, well, I mean, maybe many of us, but, you know, I mean, when you think about it, especially yeah, people that play Monster now. Hunter World, unless you know to not do it, you're getting dumped into public lobbies all the time. Yeah. Like, it's a very That's social true. game. Um, it's um, and I it's interesting that 
you it clicked for you almost the first time that you played it because both for me and Gadget it didn't like we both bounced off hard like my first one was try and i did not like it i was like i have no idea this combat system sucks this game is clunky <laughs> i hate like that was me that was me because I, I went into try and I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't get the loop. I was like, there's not even proper levels in this game. I'm going right. to the, it's the same map every time and it has to have load. health. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like there's something I, I wrong almost with this quit game. the game over in Arzuros, okay? Put it yeah, in yeah, the that's context. Rough. In, in 3G? Yeah. I almost yeah. quit the game because of Arzuros. That's so right. I didn't, it didn't, it didn't click and I didn't even that's know at that time. That's a hard thing to that admit. That's, that's a, that's the, a powerful the, moment. the weapons that they, Oh, I know. <laughs> and the weapons that they give you in the very beginning of the game are shit. They're like 50 attack, and you're not supposed to use those for hunting. You're supposed to go mine iron ore and then right. upgrade them to, their, to your first one. I did not know that. So, right. and there's no damage, so you wouldn't know, and I, man, Arzuros really, uh... So I guess for you, is your is your sensei, so to say, your first large monster that taught you the ropes, is it, is it, is it Yan Kuku, or who was it for you? Yan Oh, no, I mean, okay. I didn't have any issue <laughs> up until Yan Garuga because I, I made it up to at oh, least wow. that class. Yeah. Different breed um, of hunter. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I had a hard time with them. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm sure if I kept at it for a while, but I mean, you know, things happen. I mean, I liked the game, but I couldn't play it with other people. Um, and there was always plenty of other good games coming out then. I mean, there was a pretty good season. I had a yeah. DS and I had a PSP, so it wasn't like I was starved for video games. Um, mm. You know, and as, as life goes on, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try it later. Um, especially Freedom Unite, I believe that was the first game they give you a cat, and it wasn't very powerful. Although I think there was a hacked cat running around at one point. Oh yeah, the hacked cats. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, what did they call that in the West? Because there's a, a very no specific term in Japan that they call the cats, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's like a demon cat or a devil cat, and so people <laughs> would hack the, they would hack the cats so that they would one hit kill, and then they would right. share them with each other and. Right. Yeah. I never, I never saw one of those, but the, the cat would help kill the minions, uh, and would distract the minions. And sometimes the large monster, if you needed to heal, I mean, it was such a, anyway, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, it's not to be exclusionary, but especially pre monster hunter world, like healing was a, like healing was a moment you had to yeah. plan it out. Like, like yeah. just like attacking a monster, like you had to know that the monster had just started an attack and would be far enough away from yeah. you that you'd be able to both drink and then finish your drinking animation unless you're running like speedy. It's a fine the skill to like, run well, in those games. Oh yeah. Then people are like, why don't you just leave the area and heal and then come back? I'm like, have you ever entered in an area that you know there's a monster and you're going to get your ass hit again? That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and then you're going to have to heal again. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, there's lots of strategies. I mean, of course, you know, zoning is one of them. I mean, you, you could do it, you know, especially if you're like, if you need to sharpen, if you need to heal, if you need to eat a steak, right, good time to maybe peace out a little bit, but um, just healing, you know, I mean, you don't want to be, it's disruptive to the flow and it's almost a little embarrassing having like running away with your tail between your legs to heal. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not fun. I mean, not to say that wow. I haven't been there. There's this quest in uh, Freedom Unite that's got like two Lavazioth in the same area. And like, there's just like this little line at the zone entrance and they won't go farther than that. So they can't hit you <laughs> physically, but they're both standing there shooting fireballs at you. So oh you run in, shoot them a little bit. They start to shoot the thing. You zone out. <laughs> zone out yeah. It's embarrassing. It's a shameful moment. I would never do that again if I were to play Freedom Unite again. And sometimes I get requests for it. But, um, you know, that... <laughs> 
that was, you know, at my level of skill back then. That's what I needed to do. Yeah, for right. me, if I want to go back and play an old game, like I, I have a hard time either not picking either four ultimate or three ultimate or, or to some degree mm. portable third. Portable third is really cool. Um, yeah, I wasn't as big of a fan of Gen and Generations Ultimate. Uh, I've definitely come to appreciate for you a lot more over the years. Um, you know, I'm comfortable emulating it now, which takes away my biggest issue with it. In that the Problem tiny screen on the 3DS getting blown up looked horrible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that that put me off making content for for you a lot of the times because I'm like, you know, it looks garbage on its own on a computer screen. And then when you blow it up to 720 or 1080p, it's like, what is this yeah. mess of pixels we're looking at? Yeah. Hey, listen, that was not as bad as when I started trying to create content for Monster Hunter. It was actually Freedom Unite. And it was long after Freedom Unite was popular. And I was just like, okay. I don't have anything to capture this with. I was playing on a Vita and I just get like this camera. I got like, Oh no. no. One of those things that you would put like on a car, like with a suction cup, I would have that yeah. on the table. Then I would put the Vita on top of that so that the Vita wouldn't move at all. And then I would aim like a camcorder at it. And then I would play through the viewfinder is the most uncomfortable experience you can possibly. Imagine. Look, content creators are built different. You know, I mean, the people <laughs> My, that do it and stick around doing it, do it because they love it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, my first videos, if you look at them, it's it's literally putting the iPhone on the edge of the table and then playing in my lap. Yeah. And trying not and trying very hard not to shake or move. <laughs> which didn't anyway. work very well. <laughs> I guess I could say from a video capture standpoint, I've already always been generally pretty well off and that I've always had like some sort of a actual video capture or uh I had a I forget, I think it was a Katsu Kitty modded Japanese yeah. 3DS. Yeah, so I guess they're probably pretty rare right now. I mean, those are probably going up in value. I think I've got that in a plastic bin somewhere. I was, well, I was it's, so. The Katsukiri is down now. I mean, it's illegal to mod consoles now. In it Japan. is. Yeah, uh, that sucks. They, they, I got. They I made got a new my, law. Uh, I, I think it was like three or four years ago, where I think they there was complaints about the fact that a lot of content now is being sold uh, digitally or might be on a cart and unlocked through saving data flags and stuff like that, and modding could lead to um unfair pirating. use yeah and yeah. in pirating so they they made it illegal not to have a pirated one uh modded console but illegal to mod it right. um, the person doing it itself is committing an illegal action i yeah, bought so I, I think all save data editors all that stuff just went oh really like save data industry. editors as well wow i didn't know yeah that. the whole industry just went away so um but there's still people doing it but cuts kitty i think they shut down I um, it might still be up. I don't know, but I I actually walked to Katsukiri physically and, and got yeah. mine modded. Must be people nice. waiting half a year. I know people waiting half a year, and then a very it's a very fragile, you know, process of what they're doing with the chips. So then they ship it overseas, and God knows, it might break, you know, during transit. But I was able to walk in, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll have this ready tomorrow. I was like, okay, my my 3ds so, is in surgery. It'll be out tomorrow. So I bought two consoles from Katsukiri. I bought uh, a Vita because I wanted to capture stuff on the Vita. And I don't regret that because like I played so much Soul Sacrifice. I don't know if you guys played Soul Sacrifice, but played it, yeah. I, you play oh dude, that game was amazing. Yeah. But um, very good music. Very yes. good music. Some of the best music I've ever heard out of a Monster Hunter like game. Like <laughs> yeah. it stands out. Like it's amazing. 
and and not just the music, but even the gameplay. I would say like from Monster Hunter inspired games, which there are quite a few of them. I would say that Soul Sacrifice is the best because it does something. It's way in the top fifty percent. It is very different. I'd say it's in top fifty percent. I'm not sure if it's the best, but it's different. It's way more different than anything else. That that's and and the story on that is amazing too. But um, so I got the the Vita modded. And that one came through custom, so I got screwed. I basically paid almost, I don't know, freaking four times the worth of the console. Something I'm sure you're over $1,000. Probably. No, probably over it, was, it wasn't over 1000 It was like closer, I think, to 500 which considering that the console... Ooh. Not that bad. The console That's was... bad. Yeah, the console was worth... Was that just for the like, mod, or was that with the console, too? No, with the console. Yeah, oh, that's okay. not bad. That's really that's not, not bad. bad. Yeah, because a modding, even in Japan, costs about $200, $250. It's not cheap, um, yeah, exactly. even if you're doing it local. But the console, the console was like a hundred bones at the time, I think. So that plus mm. the modding plus customs, it was around 500, 600, something like that. And then with the 3DS, I was super lucky because it didn't come through customs, so I didn't pay them jack. <laughs> yeah, but then like the Vita TV probably came out like a year after you bought that. Yeah, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, the Vita TV came around much, much later because I. Oh, really? Yeah, I, you I, got yours real early then. It was not super early. I, the thing is, I think the Vita TV came on the US before it came on EU. A lot. Oh, sooner, I don't know. Maybe I. I don't yeah. remember. I, I know that it wasn't like, oh, Vita TV's out now. I wasted my money. No, I never felt like that because I got oh. a good few years out of it still. Well, so I got mine cool. on a fire sale. I think I bought mine for like thirty dollars, some super cheap price for my Vita TV. Yeah. I still want to play Muramasa on it someday. I don't really know what other games I'd play on it though. That's it. We get all. We have all these young listeners right now being like, "Man, they're talking about retro gaming up." <laughs> <laughs> retro gaming. People are. Like there's still Vita school. games coming out. Visual novels probably in Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Visual yeah. novels with like the thing that the press on the boobs of the characters and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. There's tons yeah. of those. Vita had a lot more love here in Japan than it got anywhere else in the world. Literally more. Once love. they found that niche, once they, well, I know, yeah. once they found the niche category, that. like. People put out a lot of games for that. So if you were into that, those types of games, like that's, they have quite a library. Although yeah. Sony's getting super prude now, from what I understand on the, the PlayStation yeah. store. They're, they're not allowing any lewd content as well. It's now it's like the Nintendo console. If you want to get the lewd stuff. Not that I know What's anything for, about it. I disavow all knowledge, but. The funny. Well, I mean, it's what they say. Or like Sony is an LA company now, right? So. I don't, I honestly it's, don't know. It's a, Cal, it's a California good. company. Like, they, yeah, I is. think they moved their headquarters. Yeah, yeah, they, mo- the they moved it to, to LA or something. It's not so, is it just Japanese like people, anymore. there's people in like LA that are going by like American sensibilities and are like, why are there, yes. you know, probably people yeah. in bikini? Really? Yeah. Wow. It's, that's I mean, literally what's, what's been happening. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I mean, the US has some very weird, reserved, uh, yeah, the almost pure shooting, standard. decapitations, gore absolutely cool. Dude, Little I say it all the oh time. my god, no, no, no. You could see, like, I could live stream whatever any game right now on Twitch, and it could be like zombies or even humans just getting completely exploded, like in slow motion detail. Completely yeah. fine, no problem, not even, even remotely close to getting in trouble, but. You know, you play a game and a, you know, a character or female character walks out with like no top on for five seconds. Oh, no. Oh, streamers getting banned. Oh, yeah. but Japan is the opposite. So Japan obviously does not care about sexualizing its characters. That's always done. Um, but they still release. Different... Matter of fact, it is always done. <laughs> it's always done. It is. 
<laughs> like come um, on. the thighs don't the thighs don't lie right like rise uh, yeah. sold well because yeah. it had a yeah. good character so the, but like the the games like gears of war or biohazard or resident evil i'm sorry um they still have censored versions here so like they'll take out decapitations and they'll take out certain amounts of gore and it's and i was you know it took me a while i was struggling with it because I, I was brought up in america right so like I didn't get to break out of my mold and then so at first it, w- it hit me really weird especially because you get the creepy bad stuff where like they sexualize characters that look like they're 10 and that i still yeah, that's, especially no. as a I, father a like that's a not thousand no, year old like, dragon does not make any difference yeah <laughs> so i don't like that part of the industry but when i after a few years i started thinking about it, i'm like okay as long as they're not putting in like super like sexualized stuff in magazines for kids which i always got upset about like just like there's a place for that. Like you don't give that to everybody. I was like, well, if you think about it, like you know, sexualizing characters or, or the human body is a hell of a lot less taboo than cutting off someone's head or or killing them. Not so I was according like, well, maybe to the industry. I'd say maybe they have it right because I mean, like that's the kind of stuff that that makes me squirm. Is like extreme violence. It's like that's probably the stuff you need to look at, look at a little bit closer you know than it is like a swimsuit you know it's like come on like you go and you watch any tv show right now i'm like you can't do that in a video game in some countries like and that's on primetime tv so it's it's kind of a weird double standard one of the funniest examples uh was for me it was in dragon age so if you guys played dragon age you guys remember i think her name was origins right the first one yeah, yeah the Morgan, the like witch lady, right? Yeah, exactly. So she had this top on, which clearly showed that she had no um, bra ever. She doesn't have a bra. She just has this top thing on. If you romance I mean, her, age. yeah, if you romanced her, first thing she does, she puts on a bra. I mean, you got to cover the boobies like straight up. You can't. <laughs> However, excuse me, if we're going to get intimate, I will. Yeah. I, you cannot see my nipples. Exactly. I may wow. be an all-powerful sorceress, but God forbid. But the it best part—the best part about this—is that same game. Later down the line, you meet up. You meet this demon, this ugly, nasty-looking creature, who is also a female, has not one pair but three pairs of boobs. Nasty, disfigured-looking in pure flesh boobs. None of those are censored. They could have put a bra on those. They look terrible, but no. Those I would have loved to see the triple cup bra, the rare triple cup bra, just nice. to censor some sort of weird succubus boobs. <laughs> it's so bad. I was just like, so you have to censor Morrigan's boobs, but this terrible looking female monster with six boobs that look nasty. No, that's fine. That's perfectly okay. It's like, okay, it doesn't make any sense to me, but man, you do you. Yeah. I mean, ideally, there's always going to be like whatever the director's vision is should be available to anyone, you know, at least of 18. Yeah. And then for parents that have kids, just have like the no exploding head option in the options. Like video games are nice yeah. like that because you can do like some level of censorship in real time. That's what makes them an interesting medium. Like not everybody has to see a head getting exploded. Just give it as an option because I'm sure... There may be some games you'd you'd want your daughter to play, but you're like, ah, maybe that just gets a little bit too on the extreme violence side, you know? But if there was an option to maybe not have, you know, whole human bodies exploding at once and stuff like that. Um, I, I would love to say you're right, but I'm I'm a 
I'm a, yeah, I guess okay. I'm a bad parent in in Go that regard. It. Like she, like she, she saw. I mean, she was probably four years old, and she knew that if she was ever attacked by a zombie, to go for the headshot because I think she okay. saw us watching. Well, you're like, preparing I think me and my ex. I think me and my ex-wife, we were watching The Walking Dead or something, and it was like, so she was like, oh, and we're like, let me teach her an English word, headshot. It's, it's like, but no, she <laughs> she understands very, and it actually is good because as a parent, you want to have that discussion very early on about fantasy violence and the difference and yeah. so trying to trying to hide it or like not talk about it or f forbidding it is kind of like it's there's a catch rule in there right yeah um, I think so it's, it's much better, better just, just to be open and yeah yeah but i agree the having the opportunity nice yeah. because kids are different um and some kids some kids can't handle it some, some kids things. wig out yeah. like start going crazy like you know it's one thing you know uh, one child could t look at it and be fine. The next kid would be at school the next day and like they won't stop talking about it, exploding zombies or having nightmares of being traumatized you know, and stuff like that. You know, the, exactly, movie, yeah. the movie that really marked me with that stuff was RoboCop. Really? Yeah, RoboCop. Like, dude, I would have Toxic nightmares. nightmare guy at the end. I remember that. No, guy. no, 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 Actually, no, no, the guy melting. none of that. It, it's one very specific scene that I've never forgot and I actually had nightmares about it. That's when they're shooting him up before he becomes RoboCop. Oh and yeah. Yeah. It's there's violent. that one, there's that one part where one of them just shoots his hand off and his hand is just gone. And I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> like I, I was super young when I saw that. And I was like, yeah, oh, you can lose a hand. This happens. You can lose a hand. No, wow. <laughs> that marked me, dude, that thing. <laughs> and I think that that movie was like rated for kids 13 or something like that. It was like, whoa. Makes sense. Yeah. By American standards, that's PG-13. He didn't yeah. die. He became Robocop. Maybe he did technically die, but he became Robocop, so he came back. Yeah. It's all good. I guess I guess because I'm I'm sharing embarrassing stories of myself today. So like, you know, getting my butt kicked by Arzuros, I may as well say I grew up becoming a huge fan of horror movies. Um so gore was a big part of my life. My brother got into visual effects and was studying it, and so we did face molds and all that kind of stuff. But before that, when I was young, young, oh man, Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure scared the living crap out of me. The truck driver woman who goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that scared the living daylights out of me. I had nightmares for weeks. And then um, there was an audiobook version of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, oh, uh, God, narrated by, by oh, Vincent yeah. Price. And he had a scream that scared the living shit out of me. And so that traumatized me. But then I guess illustrations after were something else too. I mean, I'm sure you read the book oh, yeah. along with it. Yeah, it's 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 that's awful. I don't know why I that was a kids' book. That should have not been released to children. That caused a oh, lot yeah. of issues. But I ended up embracing horror, so I guess it worked out in the end. But it's it was it just reminds me of when you say traumatizing. The only thing I could think back is the most comical thing, which is Large Marge. Yeah, I watched a lot of horror movies it's when so I was a kid too. Um, you know, I mean, I, I love it. I still love it. I mean, it's a definitely a guilty pleasure, but I do like to watch some of the Saw movies. And every time I watch yeah. it, like I, I legitimately feel guilty, but like I just like the Rube Goldberg machines. And even though special effects are usually pretty bad, they're still like, yeah. it's interesting so did, to see what they're going to do. Did you, I imagine you watched and enjoyed the the first installment of Cube. The yes. movie Cube. That it's very fun. impressive, but that was that was good. I think I saw the second one. I'm like, this sucks. But the first yeah, one the is actually like the, the the very first one is interesting. And it's a scary movie. I mean, you're like, I'm going to die in this cube. This cube is awful. Yeah. I do not want to be in this cube. I promise you, if I was put in the cube, I'd be out. I might make it to cube two, like the second room. 
But by Cube 3, I'm done. I'm the second guy. Just like, that's like, that would be my name in the movie. The credits would be the guy who died in the second room. That would be, yes. that would be. <laughs> Second room guy. <laughs> second room guy. That's me. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try to wrangle us back into some monster. Yes, territory. Yeah, I'm, I'm just following whatever you guys are going with. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's man, good conversation. It's, it's just it's good Off conversation. I, I think people like hearing, you know, just like stories from from people that play Monster Hunter as well. So it's all good. But um, I wanted to ask you uh, something that we always ask, of course, everyone about your weapon. Which one do you th consider your main weapon nowadays? Uh. I've been playing a lot of Dragon's Dogma for the last two weeks, but um, which which game are we talking about? Are we talking about Rise? Are we talking about? I mean, uh, just World? like in general, is there a weapon that you would generally identify as your main, and then we can move that up to to Rise? I definitely and... don't have a main. If anything, depending on the release, there are weapons I don't like in that release. Um, in Rise, it's probably the light bowgun. Um, oddly enough, in World, it's probably the heavy bowgun. Can't tell you why that is. I guess I could tell you why it is, but I'm not sure if I want to go into that much detail. Um, I, if I had to pick a weapon in Rise, it would be Switch Axe or Great Sword, or if I'm feeling lazy, Insect Glaive. Um, probably those three the most often. Um, I like the bow a lot in World and Rise. In both games, it's especially in Rise, it's too powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's broken. Like, so I hear. yeah. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't have. Pleasure the roster from the end of Iceborne that exists to punish you, you know, like in, in, in many ways it felt like, you know, Safi a little bit, uh, Alatrion and Fatalis were all designed to be like, Oh, you want to use bow? You have to earn it because we're going to murder you. And also these shot hit zones along with elemental hit zones are going to be really weird. Um, I mean, and that's that became increasingly clear to me as, as, as Iceborne went on that they were trying to solve how to balance weapons with these things that just kind of sidestep the issue, right? Like, so you got your sticky spam, um, you've got yeah. bow that's insanely powerful. How do you create hit zones that that deal with these things? And I'd say for the most part, they succeeded. Um, I, you know, I have no issue there. Um, but in Rise, especially where we are right now, I mean, you can take pretty much anything with a well-made well-crafted rampage bow and just delete them um but probably you know the weapon i started with and the weapon i like to go back the most is is probably greatsword but i i really don't feel like i get typecast in any one weapon you know mm. i mean i've done i've done full game speed runs in world with every weapon type uh even the weird ones like heavy bowgun <laughs> you know um because it's fun i mean every time you pick up a new weapon it's like you're playing another game i mean it's still monster game, it's the yeah. same monsters but, you know, you will have a completely different experience using a lance than you will um, uh, a longsword. A longsword with better counters. <laughs> Which sucks, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, you know, and that goes for everything. So, um, in, in that regard, I, I guess that's the best answer I'm going to be able to give you. A good answer. It is. Yeah. It, it is good. But uh, particularly because the Switch X, I think... During the demo, both me and Gaijin said that the Switch Axe was one of the more surprising uh, things that we had seen in the demo because of some of the moves that it got and just the overall feel of the weapon when compared to something like World. It just felt like it was much more solid and it actually yeah. embodied the whole thing of Switch Axe. You're meant to switch with it, not just switch back to Axe when your gauge is low. <laughs> right. 
So historically, I have hated the Switch X. Uh, the only time I ever started to warm up to it at all was in GU with some of the style changes and some of the arts that made it yeah. a little bit more viable in axe mode because I don't want it to just be a sword. I'd, I'd like it to be an axe sometimes. Uh, world completely changed me on that. I'm, I'm happy to use Switch Axe in a lot of different ways. Iceborne created the Clutch Claw Zero Sum Discharge, which it's like the thing you must resist, like the evil that exists inherent yeah. in all men. You must suppress the desire to Clutch Claw in Zero Sum with Temporal Mantle or Rocksteady Mantle. Um, <laughs> but assuming you do that, um, I'm fine with Power Axe mode and all the other changes. Those were all great. And then especially in Rise and especially with how they balance power file um yeah. you can always brute force your way with was it soaring wyvern is the ability that charges up your gauge by a certain fixed amount um yeah. but you don't have to play it that way you know i mean the axe mode still if you do the overhead shop it doesn't take that long and you'll be able to power up pretty quickly in in, in that mode or you can just use exhaust or element um and then you know once your axe is going you know the axe and the especially using rapid morph combos there you know, you're using it all. You're using it all the time. I mean, it, it, you still switch back and forth just for different reasons. You know, in, in Iceborne, yeah. you needed it to try and keep your gauge up. In Rise, you know, with Rapid Morph, you actually get a damage increase doing the transformation combos. So, um, you know, Rise, I have to say, you know, it's one of mechanically the best games I've ever played. From a monster design standpoint, in terms of how they actually fight, one of the best games I've ever played. Um, it's just a shame that nobody's playing it because it feels like there's just not the end game that needs to be there you know we don't have the skinner box that keeps us running back like searching for the attack decos or the stream stones i'm not sure if you guys feel the same way i'm not sure if you guys are still this putting is, in you know a couple dozen hours a week on the this is actually a, very a, lot, a good, lot more than that it's 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 a very good segue because you're, you're talking specifically about skinner box and whatnot this is something that we tend to see in comment sections a whole lot so you're of the opinion that, you know, you would rather have something like, you know, the eternal chase of decos versus being able to just get them. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me clarify where I stand. Um, from a player standpoint, Rise is the absolute most respectful to its players in terms exactly. of you're going to be able to get a charm that's fine. Even if it's mm -hmm. not perfect, it's pretty damn close. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be able to get the decos you want with a little bit of grinding. You're going to be able to get all the weapons and armor you want, and you're going to be set and you're going to be done. Um, and you'll have that level of accomplishment and you'll have done it because you, you earned and crafted all those things. And, you know, it maybe took you a hundred or 200 hours or so to get the talisman that you're, you're satisfied with. And you might've gotten some really unique ones along the way. I think I've got a, uh, level three quick sheath two fire attack two level two deco talisman and that thing just like that owns bones if i decide it's pretty good yeah it's like one of those rare ones that's like really outstanding if you want to use a fire and a longsword or something like that which is a little bit hard to do but you could do it um but the the issue is is that for for many players and i'm not really one of them like i like to play monster Hunter because i like to kill monsters i don't need that that eternal chase you know and i certainly don't need like you know and this was common in the end game and world and iceborne especially like here's your new armor get your new armor get your new weapon now you're more powerful than you were last time here's another monster here's your new armor here's your yeah. new weapon now you're even more powerful than last time like i don't Inflation, need that power yeah. creep you know i i much rather the style of 
there being more options necessarily than there being um, like a bigger number. Like I don't, like a bigger number doesn't really do anything for me. Like I'm doing the same thing I did before. Now, rather than hitting at, you know, 1800, I hit at 1900. Cool. <laughs> Great. Hooray. But it doesn't fundamentally do anything neat. Like Frostcraft, that did something neat. Frostcraft is a cool skill, right? It changes your play style. It changes how you approach things. It's super powerful, uh, but you have to know how to play around it. But the issue with Rises, it's not only that, of course, you know, in terms of event quests, that's they're not great, yeah. but that and we can all agree on that. Nobody's yeah, oh, arguing. No. That. Dude, th th that's <laughs> that's like for me and Gaijin, whenever we talk about Rises, like we say, OK, yeah. we think that the end game is, is not really a huge problem because a lot of people make a big deal out of not having the, the Skinner box aspect. I, I love that word. Right. I always forget the use that I'm, I love the fact that you just brought that up. It's yeah. like a lot of people always bring that up. They want that Skinner box thing. Whereas me and guys were like, we're happy like being done with our sets and just hunting for fun. But right. both of us agree that events are a huge problem this game. Right. Events are a big so, problem because they're I, not I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you guys really weird and ask because we were just talking about horror movies and so I've got Hell Hellraiser <laughs> in my head. When you say Skinner box, all I'm thinking is a, a potato peeler that cuts off skin. Like what's no, 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 no. So Skinner box is like a guy, a psychologist named Skinner would put these mice in a box and they would push a button and sometimes they would get a reward. And by giving them a reward randomly, they push the button a lot more than if you just push the button and got a reward every single time. I'd say. And so it's a way to psychologically condition somebody yeah, to yeah. want to do the same thing over and over again. And, um, you know, Skinner world box. had that. <laughs> World had that in a, in a lot of different ways. It had it in decorations because, yeah. you know, I have some saves. I've got three saves. I've got Xbox, PS4, and PC. I have some saves that aren't like perfect. So the Skinner box out there exists for me for that. Um, you know, in base world, you had stream stones, which were like mega rare and, and super yep. pain in the ass, especially if you wanted to make a wide variety of weapons um, that had different things like that. And then parts also were not refundable in base world. So that was that was a pretty big deal there. And, and I would say World saw actually the most staying power, not only because it was new and huge and good and had a lot of new content, but because you had parallel running Skinner boxes running between decorations as well as um, those stream stones. And then you had, you know, these AT monsters coming out that were extremely difficult and people had challenging content to try and complete. Um, you know, and those were also rotating through. So your AT Kirin, Valhazak, Teostra, Lunastra, Extremeth, you know, all of those things that were such challenging content to even people who were good at the game that it would keep people coming back over and over again to try and like overcome such a challenge. Go to Rise, you know, your Skinner box isn't even, I've completed a quest, here are my rewards. Your Skinner box is, I have to run over to a cat, dump my garbage into his lap check through all these things. Yeah. I have to decide to either sell all or then meld said things into other talismans because otherwise my equipment box fills up. That's that's really that's the only issue. Skinner. That's the only Skinner box in, in Rise pretty much. And yeah. you don't even need it because if you get something good enough, you know, I mean, let's say it's, you know, two points for Captain Polish, whatever. Most of the builds that I do, I even just tell people, listen, for this build, all you need is a, a neck with two tier two slots. That's it. It's like anything else that comes after that, that's a bonus. You just need the tier two, two tier two uh, slots so that you can put these two decos in there and the rest is whatever. It's a bonus. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, for the pure meta butt boys, you know, you just go four piece, Faustrax, Ingot, or yeah. Hunter Greaves, and right. I guess we're done now. <laughs> we, we're, we're finished. If you go Dragonheart, if you don't go Dragonheart, then what is it? Teal head, Vike chest. Uh, what the hell? Are the arms could be teal arms. Whatever, they're fine. The Gombi arms, they're fine. Anjanath whatever the task coil. Anjanath coil. Uh, Ingot, Ingot or Hunter Greaves. Or Hunter S. Whatever yeah, Hunter I mean, S and then you've got your health. If you're playing those basic weapons, sure. But if you know, if if you're playing um. A proper weapon, then you have some basil pieces that you. <laughs> sure, you can do almost. You can do nearly full basil if you're doing uh, gunlance, especially, or sometimes charge blade. Yeah, you could do that. That's fine. Um, you know, and you know, to to Rise's credit, especially patches 1.0 and 2.0, I think there was still a lot of build variability. Um, but you know, the the second we started to get level two decos that had weakness exploit crit boost and protective polish or master's touch just at the drop of a hat drop into any set uh and then you could craft said decos you didn't even have to chase them you just you know spend a week less getting the lazarite yeah. you needed um you know that's that that was that was it from for that regard you know so you know like i said my my impression of of rise as a game is is it's the best that i've ever seen in terms of gameplay you know, I think the wire bugs are a lot of fun. I think the wire bug arts are very close to being perfect. I think some weapons, I wish it wasn't like the hammer wasn't like the impact, you know, impact, whatever spin, dive, whatever it is. Impact that, crater? That impact, move, crater yeah. impact crater. It's oh. so powerful relative to anything else the hammer you can do. Um, you know, sometimes you just want to triple pound a guy. Or you want to, you know, use the big bang combo, but if you yeah. got your wire bugs and you, you you don't do the impact crater, like you've missed out on on so much damage. So in that regard, I wish they would like maybe tune those a little bit more. And and in world in patch one or whatever that we got with Devil Joe, they did do some corrections, but we haven't seen that yet. I don't know why. Maybe they're fine. Maybe they're happy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you? I I you hope that I, my guess is they're happy. I mean, I think this goes, and this might be one of the reasons why. I, the staying power of a game like GU, which just their their only way of, I mean, well, Monster Hunter Generations was to just overload you with stuff to make, and right. but there wasn't a necessity to make anything, and there was an intentional game design from the same director who said, I want people to experiment, I want them to have fun, I just want to make it a little bit easier for you. Uh, they still had some, like, super grindy-ass stuff with the Deviants, but there was never a huge chase of of like you guys are saying like in world and for better or worse right like there's two types of players um there's there's those who like a game that respects your time a little bit more and lets you fiddle around with the tools easier and then there's people who are like well if you're going to give me most of the stuff with relative ease now i don't have goals and now i feel less motivated even though i really love it so i don't know if there's a sweet middle ground that they can find but if anything i would say their opportunity to find that sweet middle ground will be an ultimate release yeah, so I mean, I, I'm I'm happy that the I'm the type of gamer I don't care either way I'm gonna play the hell out of the game. Sure. Um, I just fall in more towards the camp of I'd rather things be obtainable. Um, I don't need the chase, but I completely get that that's not the case for many gamers. Um, yeah. So I mean, my level of delusion is such that I want great sword with the proper element 
to be the weapon that you would make, right? Even if it's one point of damage on Teostra's head or whatever, I want it to be for the people that really want to put the time in and go through every single weapon and every single category that wanted to make an element of each type. And I think we could all generally agree that, that there's no reason that should be a bad thing. It shouldn't be a huge yeah. difference. It shouldn't be like, oh, wow, I killed it in one shot. It should be like you get like the two. A little bit, yeah. yeah. A, li a little bit more to, to reward you for putting in the time to cr for creating such a wide variety of weapons. See, that's, uh, yeah. that's a thing that I, that I always talk about and we've talked about here multiple times where I'm just like, why does elemental damage just suck unless you're playing like dual blades or bow or maybe one or two more weapons? It's like, it just sucks. There's no reason for you to do elemental damage in any of these other weapons unless the weapon also has better raw than the rest of them and the elemental damage is just a bonus. You should never really build for elemental damage in most weapons of the game, which doesn't make sense because, you know, making those specific sets should reward you for putting in the effort because, like, you're putting in more effort than just, like, here's a generic-ass friggin' raw damage set. Boom, done. Crit boost, yeah, weak and, exploit, done. And Rise took a cool step where, you know, attack boost is a level 2 deco, element boost is level 1. Even yeah. with free element plus 5, yeah, getting it for free. Not enough. still not enough <laughs> and then no. don't even get me started on critical element i yeah, i honestly oh feel like critical oh element God. must be like the guy the the guys get together and they laugh about it like they're <laughs> eating lunch and one guy just looks up you know from his lunch he's like critical element everybody just goes oh! <laughs> <laughs> like they all just like start laughing you know like mm -hmm. i had a video at one point i released it i'm like guys like i don't this weapon, this is bugged. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's rounding down. Never mind. Like, it was like two or three, like, there was no difference. Like, there was no visible difference in damage, like, between like Jeez. one and three levels of critical element. It's because of the way the weird, rounding works. I've got a weird theory going on, which is I've been testing out and trying to find where the elemental caps are, right? Because every game has a cap of how much you can boost I don't think your element. This one has. You, I don't can, think it has you cannot, you cannot hit the cap. And we're talking well above the types of multipliers that they've ever allowed in a game. Right. And so I'm thinking, are they seeding Elemental to be a very big thing in an Ultimate release? And so Don't now they're, they've made the caps super loose. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm an endless... Um, Optimist. Um, Optimist, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, so, can you hear? They decided no. they're using like a shovel pounder outside. It's going... You sound fine. It's only bothering you. Um, God, bless the, the, God bless the dynamic mic doesn't pick it up. Sheesh, it the, feels like an earthquake but, here. You know, the ultimate kick in the crotch, though, you know, in 3.0, we got the Valstrax armor, which, like, then, you know, it has definitely a lot of upsides in terms of boosting your raw, but then it has the side effect of being like, oh, by the way, we delete all of your element other than dragon. Yeah, it's... <laughs> like, can you believe that? That's amazing. Again, like a joke. <laughs> Yes, raw. But um, um, yeah, it's it's funny that that also cancels it out because I I even had this big brain idea that I remember because I was doing this on stream and I was like, oh my god, guys, I'm gonna make the best the best possible poison dual blade set. I'm like, dude, I got this big brain idea, guys. You have no idea. Listen, I'm gonna put five pieces of Volstrax. I, I see where this is going. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so did, did you did you have I'm to sorry. go into a hunt before no, you figured no, no. It out? So someone in my chat was just like, doesn't <laughs> doesn't the dragon blight remove poison? And I just stared at the camera. 
like a minute. No, they 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 should have just let you do it. Like just let it happen. They gotta troll you. I mean, they could have put in. Oh man, it's gonna be great. No, mean. You know, he doesn't. Streamer doesn't know. They should have done that. You know, it was funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does suck that it takes your element away because I had so many plans when I first saw that set. I was like, dude, this might be the thing. I'm going to make so many elemental sword and shield builds. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm actually not. Never mind. Why not? Everyone's, why not everyone's got a plan until they get Dragon Blight. <laughs> why not like Fire Blight? Fire Blight would have been cool as hell. You take damage. You can so activate you can resentment. Proc resentment. And then you've still got your, you know, uh, yeah, whatever risk, it is, high risk, high reward. Yeah, um, yeah. all of those things, but no, had to be Dragon Blight because it was the final kick you in the pants for. Because otherwise, I did a bunch of math on it. I never made the video because I was just too depressed. Like Elemental <laughs> Insect Glaive actually does work out in a lot of cases, even relative to the Nargakuga Insect Glaive, which is like the most broken Nargakuga weapon in the game. Yeah. Um, just the sheer number of times you're hitting it during the advanced aerial strike. Um, you hit so many times that actually element does work out on, on insect glaive. And then of course you get the bonus of cutting bugs gets your element as well. So assuming that the Narga Kuga Chad bug doesn't beat it up because it's like level six or level seven, which is again, seven, another yeah. reason why it's broken. Um, but assuming the element keeps up for it, it at least will keep pace. Oh, well, I mean, I guess we have to see, I mean, they've said, look forward to July and August. I'm assuming no new monsters until at least September. I'm assuming it's like going to be like yeah. a Phoenix Wright crossover, which is cool. I mean, I like Phoenix Wright. It's just a guess, but um, I don't really they, know what else they want. They want to keep everything kind of like clear for people to enjoy stories too. I feel like I don't think they're going to yeah. be adding. Any, it's not going to be anything huge. There. Yeah, no. It's gonna Maybe be a stories monster. Sailing. It's possible. It it could happen. Good segue for stories too. By the way, <laughs> you did that. Yeah, I know you amazing. want to talk about it. <laughs> it was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so I think I'll let Gaijin start us off because I know he's probably the most excited. He spent like 21 hours in the demo at this point. You with, have a uh, problem. With stories Seek too. Help. Yes. Like, I, I'll be honest, like, just so if you guys have not tried the demo, which you should. Yeah. It's like, it's like three, four hours. Um, I like for the listeners, like, like it's eight. just the first chapter of the game. It's it's like the it's like the first half of the, the the tutorial. So like you'll probably get I I'm going to say like three the average critical path player who's not going to do the subquests and they're just going to go through it is going to get a few hours out of it. You're not going to get 21. I'm just crazy. Um, so don't out to level 10 or whatever the level cap is on the monsters. Oh, I've already maxed out all the weapons and all the armor and um I have lots of zeny. I did the, on the switch. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I've I did that trial over a hundred times, so uh, <laughs> I'm just I was trying so hard to find just a, a more convenient. Way. And now I'm itching to go egg hunting because I want to get even better. I'm just yeah that it's you so funny get your gene though. Like, in. <laughs> I talk about you know the fact that I like Rise and like these games that are are making it pretty easy for you. Um, and then I talk about a game that's grindy, like stories and I'm like, love it <laughs> because it's just, it's just, it's a, it's just good fun. Satisfying. Um, but I, I, it's very satisfying. And they have some things in the game that I noticed that start hinting towards them respecting your time more, which I really like. Like, um, I don't know if you got to level 11 in the demo, but if you get to level 11, 
the game realizes that there's a power gap between you and certain monsters. Yeah. And it allows you to just it allows you to just hit two buttons and boom, one turn kill. It's like debug mode. Huh. Like if you've worked you, in you games. Destroy anything that Boom, is and that you get the points, you get the materials, you get everything. It's just an instant. Does that kill. seem like something they're keeping over to the full game, or you think that's a demo? I think so, yeah. No, no, no. That feels like a, a it feels feature. like a game. Yeah, they, they actually give you it's like, like a tutorial. They give you a tutorial yeah. saying like, hey, if your level disparity between the monsters is this big, just press the two triggers and done. I've got no issue with that. I mean, that yeah, that's, it's great. you know, all the way back to Earthbound. I'm assuming you guys have at least played it or at least seen it. You know, you, you bump into, no? Oh, classic <laughs> Super Nintendo title. Holy crap. You've been missing out on I mean, all those, I know, all I know of it, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first game I can remember um, had the feature of not only seeing the enemies wandering around the world map, but then if you overlevel them by a certain amount, you'd bump into them uh, rather than a normal screen or an ambush, which is like like gray or red, it would go green. They just blow up. Mm. You take no damage. You get the experience. You get the items and you're good. And there'd nice. be one really hard area of the game. And like the enemies were just so strong. Like they'd hit you hard. They'd have all these bad status ailments. And you'd be struggling there for a while just to try and get your way to the boss. And then you hit this certain level. And all these yeah. things that were bothering you just suddenly immediately exploding. Oh, I feel so good. I still remember it. The sense of relief when you would run into one of these enemies and they would just like disappear off the screen. Um, oh, I think that's, that's cool. fine. I mean, no, no, no reason. I mean, you could always speed it up to what is it? Three times? Is that the max speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really nice. It's still fast. And um, I mean, you, you can yeah, and then quickly. and if you're overpowered, monsters will actively run away from you. So they they're not forcing you to go into a bunch of random encounters. It's like if you want to grind whether it's to quickly level up a new monster or just to get materials to make a part, they'll just make it very easy for you, which I think is awesome. I didn't um, see meat I, in the game. Is, is it in there? Remember meat from story the in stories one, you'd get this meat and you could feed your new monsters it and it would just give them experience, but I didn't see yeah, it. Wasn't, I it wasn't in this one, but they do have a very easy way to level up your monsters, which is all the subquests. You can keep doing them over and over again. So if you have like 20, 30 raw meats, you can do that same quest like six times, right. like beep, 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 and you get yeah. tons of experience of points for doing but that. I think so. that. And then um, everybody shares experience anyways, right, from combat. I think, so I'm I sure think they that get up they quickly. level up super fast. Uh, they have like, they need to have like a catch-up system or something because you would go yeah, into, yeah. A, into a fight even though it wasn't a very powerful monster, and like your new monster would be like four levels. And you're Ching. just like, whoa. <laughs> so they yeah, I like it. I like it because I just love how the demo is... It's so the thing that I think I like the most is that, and I can't remember for the life of me, even though I played Monster Stories once so much. Um, but the fact that you're not going to choose a weapon to use, you're going to use all three types of weapons. You have some choice within those categories, but there are general times where you're going to want a striking weapon or right. a blunt weapon. Or a, I find that in, all you know incredibly cool. The fact that it's not like archaic game design where like if I change my weapon once during a turn, that is my turn and it punishes right. you for it. No, yeah. th like that's not your turn. You I can don't change think, out your I monster you once. Could, you, you could switch your weapons and stories, but I don't think you'd normally would because I don't think there was yeah, damage no typing reason. from your. Yeah. And I don't exactly. even remember if there was element on the weapons and stories. Obviously, there was element on the monsters, but I can't remember there being element on the weapons. There may have been. Somebody's going to call it out yeah. in the comments be like, yeah. you idiot, I, there's element. Oh, my God. I wouldn't know because I only played like five hours of, of the original. I love stories. stories one. I beat the main game. Uh, I never did. There's some post game content. Um, oh, I, never I did, did that, all but, that. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. I don't know what it is, one. but my best performing video on my channel through all these years 
best performing, like in terms of metrics, is a Monster Hunter Stories video. That doesn't make any sense. It, well, the thing is, is apparently there was, I don't know what country it was, but apparently there was a, a, a shop that was looping that video constantly. <laughs> it, was a very, it was a very long vid, it was a very long video of me going through the final tower and I got to the very end. That's the post game content. And God bless whoever it was. Um, must have played you, you the thing so the many country. times. Like, it literally is my best performing video of all time. They're still playing and it today. Thanks. I don't know, <laughs> but know. If, if they're not listening to this, but if you are, thank you. Like, there might be somebody it's... doing that with one of my Greatsword speedrun videos because that thing is performing well more than it should, and I have no idea why. The YouTube yeah, algorithm but... is so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I know, right? Tell me Everyone thinks my daughter is like six years old because... It's for some reason recommending videos from years ago. Uh, and so everyone's like, wow, she's so young and she's doing <laughs> all mother Narwa naked. I'm like, she's, she's 12. She's, she's a young teen. She's a preteen now. So I could have, I could, um, well, could I have done that at 12? Maybe. So, yeah. so how, it's, how far did you get? Oh yeah, I love, the, I love. How far did you get in the demo Shepard? I know that you've, uh, you haven't finished it yet, right? I killed a Kaku, I guess. I don't want to sound. I played it for two hours, um, and it was fun. It was good. I'm, I'm my main save is going to be on PC. So oh, okay, I, so, oh, that's, okay. so that's well, why that you're not. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not that I didn't like the game. It's just that you know, I mean, not that even that I mean care that much about spoiling myself for the stuff in the demo. But yeah. when I play, I, I prefer you know 1080p, 60. I mean, I didn't think the performance was bad on the Switch at all. Uh, some cutscenes were a little choppy like 20 frames or something like that it was definitely a little noticeable mm. i i'm disappearing again but um yeah but it's 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 not the pc experience for sure the biggest the biggest problem that i had with the demo in terms of like the frame rate and whatnot was the fact that they chose to leave it uncapped i think is actually bad i think they would have done better if they had optimized it at like 30 because then it's yep. not, not as not, jarring when that switch yeah, but now when the Switch Pro comes out next year, it'll be perfectly ready for it. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't like... even have to patch it. They don't even have to patch it. It'll work straight out of the box. Yeah. Do you think it'll go sixty though? Oh yeah. I think I considering I, I'm looking back at the jump. Okay, okay. I'm just I'm looking at the jump of the processor from the 3ds to the new 3ds. It was like three times more powerful. It was ridiculous. We're not going to get that much, but I think. The fact that the game can push cl no, close to 60 in some more smaller parts of the game, I think, yeah. I think if they're going to do a refresh of the hardware for Breath of the Wild 2 and Rise Ultimate or whatever next year, which is all speculation, I think it would be able to push a 1080p game to 60 FPS. Um, at least this game for sure. Uh, I don't believe any of that, like 4K crap. and up, I, I don't believe any of that. Okay. So. No, no. The, the, the speculation I read, and look, your guess is it's as like, good as anyone's. I mean, yeah. obviously, the only one's opinion that doesn't matter is, I think, Bloomberg and New York Times, because they've been calling this oh, yeah. every year. And they <laughs> every look like month. idiots. Every, more every like every time. week. More like every, every week. week. This is the week. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay? And here's the best part. When it eventually does happen, they'll be like, you, you see, we predicted it. We called this years ago. <laughs> Yes, we Nintendo released like a new course. console. Here is your crown. Enjoy. You only remember the hits, right? You only remember yeah. it's cold reading, basically. It's yeah. like so stupid. I don't know. I've just I've read speculation that you should keep um optimism low 
for the new hardware to be majorly different because it would appear that they they may not even have any intention of of upgrading the performance like the chip and the memory and the graphics and all that apparently they're they're, they're not looking to make any major changes but i don't know anything yeah now i don't know anything. i just say if if they're going to do anything then just from a production i hope they do i mean mind, i would love it. i would, I mean, I would say next one. Yeah, next summer would be if it doesn't come next summer with a Rise Ultimate before something like Zelda Two, then I would say yeah, it's whatever. It's the, what is your speculation else. on a Rise Ultimate? Actually, I'd lo I'd love to hear it. So my speculation is that we are going to get a Rise Ultimate, and I, there's a lot of reasons why I feel that way. One is the reason why we didn't get a portable third Ultimate was because 3G came right on top of it. Um, it was just really bad slate planning on Capcom's behalf. Because, you know, Monster 3G was never intended to be 3G. It was intended to be a port of Try with a few extra elements. But then the dev team went crazy making all this yeah, new stuff. Yeah, they went, stuff, they went they way over forward. So they said, oh, let's make it 3G. So that obviously knocked out and then they made uh, a, Portable 3rd from getting Wii a Wii U version, which is even crazier. <laughs> which wasn't yeah. the best port in the world, but, I mean, at least we had it, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, new hardware just... I know when I say just came out, it didn't just come out, but it's still in its launch period, right? Like, the, the world is not in a good place, chipsets are not in a good place, availability of units is in a bad place. Even engine availability and stuff, just optimization, right? And, like, trying to get used to new hardware. Monster Hunter 6, I'll just call it that. The next console, Monster right, Hunter. Right, whatever I mean, the next I'm World sure 2 or whatever it is. Yeah, it's going to take quite some time to make. So, yeah. I there's no way in heck I see that something like that coming out next year. I think that's no. way over optimism. So no, 2023 at the earliest, I think for that. Yeah. I agree so I think that opens up the door perfectly to a rise ultimate release for next summer or something like that. Right. And I also think that if breath of the wild two, which I'm going to guess is going to come out for holiday season next year, if that's going to push the system in a way where having a slightly more upgraded, uh, switch would be advantageous for frame rate then maybe they might, because in Japan they released the new 3DS alongside um, a Monster Hunter game. I can't... Monster well, Hunter I know 4U had... Well, I, I have the 4U yeah. 3DS. Yeah, so they launched game that game new game. hardware with that. It was a launch title for it. Yep. Um, and it and needed it. I mean, it, it was very nice being able to play uh, on the new yeah. 3DS. So I think a good way to play it. Looking at the way Rise is, is structured, and, and I'm very happy that they're not committing to... Like, to me, it seemed obvious that they were not planning on making a Generations Ultimate. The reason I say that is because they had certain endgame systems and the way the Deviants were structured that if you were planning for an Ultimate release, like, that would be a very bad way to plan it. And indeed, like, that stuff did not scale very well, and oh, they had to actually... 15 times to get your full set yeah. upgraded is bad times, man. So That's good! Exactly. What are you With talking about? With the same about? song over and over again, too. It's I amazing! Especially when... I loved it. Yeah, and especially if they're selling it like an anniversary title. It's a celebration thing, right? It's not meant to be right. taken as a numbered release. It's just, they're all here, throwing our assets, let's just celebrate the, the franchise, which is great. Um, I'm seeing things in Rise that tell me that they're they're holding back, which is good. Like, I don't see endgame loops that they have to expand on. Um, they're doing, there's lots of little story hints here and there, trying to get you invested in these characters. Um, and themes that they have not fully explored. Uh, we got things like the Rondine and where she's from. We've got the fact that Yomogi's not actually from Kimura, and we don't know. They're already tweeting out, like, from the official Twitter, 
you know, lore about Fugen's niece being a badass hunter that kills Arzuros with her bare hands. And there's just enough seeds here that I think, and there's so much investment they made from a technical standpoint with sure. getting this to go on the thing. Like, it makes perfect sense that there would be a Rise Ultimate. Now, it's kind of interesting because, like, the West didn't always get the base game releases for everything. It's, oh, no. it's, it's half yeah, and it half, was, right? It was rough, yeah. And judging by people's reaction, I'm kind of curious if there was... I, I always often mocked Capcom and said, I think whoever was deciding that was insane. The fact that, that you yeah, wouldn't release Monster Hunter 4. But then you look at the reaction of how people are judging Rise. Rise yeah. And I'm like, maybe they, ha they had... There was some merit to their thought process of let's hold off and just release the ultimate version in the West because there would be tons of content... Um, you know, they'd be able to expand on it. There'd be all the chasing stuff like, but it's a year without the latest game. Come on, which is wrong. I've so seen... I'm very happy that they released it, but I definitely think that we're going to get an ultimate version. And, you know, again, it goes back to pipeline. I just don't see, um, you know, the, I think they have the resources. Dragon's Dogma 2, if they're making it, fingers crossed. Um, that's going to take so. a while to make. That'll take a while to make. Because, I mean, like they were saying, he had a choice between dogma 2 or devil may cry and he chose to do devil may cry f first so i'm assuming he's working on dragon's dogma but that's going to take years um six will take years because they set the bar so damn high with iceborne it's so good um so yeah i think we're going to have a really good nice fun year of rise expansion next year and i'm all for it and it's what's really weird though and i notice is people are like yeah but i hope they're going to release it as another game that that's bullshit i'm like well, one, even with Iceborne, it was released as a game. Like, if you yeah. didn't own World, you, you could buy Iceborne as a game. Yeah. And, but you can get it cheaper as DLC if you have the game. And I imagine that's how it would work for this no, time. I don't see how it would um, be any different. Just $40 yeah. Yeah. DLC and you're good to you go. Can't, yeah, yeah. And, no, you can't and nobody's going to complain about that. You can't put yeah. the genie back in the bottle again. Forget about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I kind of personally, because Rise feels like a... It's it's very it's more closer to Iceborne I think than the older games, but it still has the spirit of some of the more classic formula, for better or worse. I kind of hope that they call it G rank. I would. And they love don't it. go with master rank. Call, that, call that'd be G, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it's like I, they I, were I referring to. Ichinose referred to uh, generations when talking about it. He said, "Are you either him or Kojima, the producer?" And they said, "Look." You have Street Fighter, and then you got the Street Fighter Alpha. And this is like the Street Fighter Alpha of the series. We're going to try some new stuff. It's a little bit different. It's still a mainline title. It's part of the main series. But it's going to be a little experimental. And uh, it's going to be tuned differently. And we're going to try new stuff. And I mean, to their credit, man, some of the stuff that they did in the previous portable games have always... The main series have always pulled the best ideas from those, you know? And, yeah, there's and a lot of arguments the other ones, out so. there. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there was this... It was like an eight i felt like an eight hour video on youtube or somebody was trying to make the argument that you know monster hunter we only play monster hunter portable and monster hunter as a game doesn't exist anymore which is obviously a, a little Whoa. dramatic but <laughs> to, no no i know to, I, I actually tweeted out that video and i, I know what you're talking yeah. about it's, it was actually fascinating for me because yeah. this person was going really in depth on dose which is a game that i never got to play so i played was it. talking about just I beat how it. it's how yeah wow so I could talk a little bit about it. You hate uh, that was Dose? interesting. Just like, yeah, I played <laughs> Dose. Yeah, it was on stream. It was like within like whatever the last six months. 
Um, it is like a survival game. You may find enjoyment in the struggle, but that does not objectively make it a better game. Like Gaijin, like I would, oh, of course, yeah, I, I would agree. Career, child, all those things. You know, you're not going to find a wellspring of joy in your heart when you have to spend 20 minutes gathering herbs and blue mushrooms. Like that is not yeah. necessarily going to yeah. increase your enjoyment of the game. For some people, like so, for me, the way I approached it is I don't have the patience for that and I'm not going to stream myself gathering mushrooms and blue herbs or, um, you know, you know, blue mushrooms and herbs. Yeah. I just learned to kill the monsters with the three um, first aid potions they give you. And that's how I treated yeah. it. And if I died, I died. And if I didn't, I didn't. But, you know, I had to approach it super conservatively. Yeah. But and I think I think there's a point that you can argue that the early days of Monster Hunter, like until they got on, you know, Freedom Unite or whatever. Yeah, Freedom Unite. Th those, were, those were still finding their footing because those were right. not hugely acclaimed good selling games right they sold enough so i right. mean yes it was it was a very different breed of monster Hunter, but that was almost like the the early days version so i think you know when it takes off that's when you can really define this is now they they found what the series is and i think right. that's what defines it so i think we have pre-success and then post-success and like, it was just interesting hearing some of the weird mechanics like like seasons like times like mm -hmm. you couldn't hunt certain monsters during certain seasons time. Like that's, and stuff like that what, you know I what found it came down to, though? It, it is interesting. It, it, it immerses you in the world a little bit more that, you know, there's this thing available now. And if you want to sleep, you have to spend money to sleep. And money is a very scarce resource. <laughs> so you don't necessarily want to spend your money to sleep because then you may not have it because you desperately needed it for something else. Um, but if you just keep going in that direction, like, you know, the PS2 was an era where you could do weird experimental games and add systems that were just difficult and hard for the sake of being difficult and hard. And yeah. people like there's this, there's this whole category of, of players back then that wanted these weird, esoterically hard games. And I, I would say Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter Dose fit in that perfectly because they were in a lot of ways, especially in Dose, just mean to you for no reason. They didn't have to mm. be that mean to you, but they were. Um, but then you look at Freedom Unite it still has the meat and potatoes of hunting monsters. It's just, you don't have to lose your mind trying to get some ore or to fight the monster you want to fight or to get the resources. doesn't mean there's yeah. no merit in the struggle for those things, but it's like, is that what you want to put your resources in? You want to find more ways to kick somebody in the nuts over and over again, just to be able to fight a Kaku. Yeah. But I mean, that's, they made the right choice, obviously, because that's when the franchise took off. Now they're making tons, yeah. And World is, yeah. you know, maybe the first big entry in terms of making it even easier to get into things. And it's you know, the best selling game ever. So, yeah. And, and so I think I saw it the rise is... best selling game, right? On, the, on one console, the best selling Monster Hunter game yeah. ever. Yeah. Single selling title, it's their best one. So, for rise... single platform. So, Rise is like the best one to get into at right now. Uh, in my opinion, the best introduction one for someone that's never played it. Before Rise, it was definitely World, and before World, it was Four. For you, I mean. I still think I still think World of Iceborne is a is a really good entry point right now for players. I think. Yeah. I mean, the story is just like he, was a was a heavy hammed or whatever. Like I don't know the phrase, but it's like it's like. I like, think it's a know, good entry point. Minutes. I don't think it's the. It best. It takes itself too seriously, but but I don't think it's the best mechanically. I think. We could talk about the structure of the game design and just, you know, the way they, they rolled it out was very interesting. Um, and Rise, like you said, it's the party is more intense. It's more free. It's more fun, but it's over faster. And that is disappointing a good many people. 
Um, but it also was highly concentrated fruit juice. It was very delicious. <laughs> you but, know? Um, yeah. If you if you had to choose, Shepard, like right now, gun to your head, you could only have one of these. Either have the Endgame Chase of the Decos or the You Get Everything, just like, just like Rise is, basically. If you had to choose for your own personal enjoyment, which one would you prefer? My own personal enjoyment? Yeah. Um, I mean... I like having the ability to run on the treadmill. I don't, mm. it doesn't have to be a huge power creep. It could be just one point bit. of damage, but it just means I have a thing to go back in and able to do something, you know? Yeah. And um, without having that at all, that just means I have to go back and restart my character. Yeah. I, I like, like the progression. I, I actually, I you actually like, am like pretty optimistic that, yeah, it's the I progression think that they that will like. add. I think they will add a end game quote unquote system, something whether it's like augments or something like that small little drip for those who want it. I think that'll be in like in like the ultimate release. I could see them expanding because they have a lot of freedom. They haven't committed to any system really. I the talismans to the end of the quest rewards is really all they need to do, in my opinion. You know, if you did. So, what are your thoughts on an ultimate release? I'm curious. Do you think it's going to happen? Are you excited for it? I definitely agree with you in that. 2023 is probably the earliest we're going to see whatever next gen monster hunter. I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to get something like that out sooner than that. And they're going to want to take their time and perfect it because they want, you know, I'm sure there's some executive at Capcom that's like, now we have to outsell world. And there's a lot of yeah. people that have that pressure. And so they, they weren't expecting Horizon to be that pressure. Right. There's going to be a lot of, because like, if you think about it, world and Iceborne, this was not Iceborne, but world is a game that they made in four years. It's like yep. four years. That's a lot of time, right? Yeah. It, I, I still, I don't think it's that much for the type of game that they made. Right. Cause like if, if j- just look at how much more refined it is compared to previous Monster Hunter games, it was the single biggest evolution in the franchise that we've seen. It's huge. The endemic life in the worlds and scout flies and tracks and research. And, and they were planning to do the modular weapon system on top of that. I mean, we'll, st- we still see the bones of those things. Uh, Again, yeah, though, no. you have to you have to keep in Literally. mind that this development was also they had a lot of experience with the PlayStation Four uh, at this point. Like, so they they weren't starting like they are now. Like, I think yeah. they had more time with the hardware, and the MT was more. It's the final to it. final uh, frame, final big release like that on MT framework that I I, I think. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think Dragon's Dogma was probably the next biggest behind it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to claim to be an expert in the MT framework engine, but. You know, I mean, but, but honestly, both of those games, you know, show the willingness and ambition to create huge worlds like that. Um, yeah, I, I would, I, I think I'm on team there being a Rise Ultimate. You know, there's generally been an 18 month gap between releases. I could see with as much money behind the franchise as there is, I, I could see there being a summer release. That'd be about 15 to 18 months. Uh, mm. August of 2022 is, is not insane. And, you know, if that meant we saw a holiday release in 2023 or March of 2024 for HD, I, I you know, whatever the next one is, I think that yeah, that's line up pretty well as well. I think 2024 yeah, is more, is more, I think because yeah. li- like you said, there's going to be a lot of pressure to overcome the success of world, even though I think it's going to be very hard for them to break that because world had that thing where you had the entirety of the of the monster community super excited about this game because it was really like you know it's next gen it's like look at these visuals now it's insane looks amazing look at all of this stuff and 
next time around, I don't think you're going to have quite as much enthusiasm because people are, oh, so it's like World, right? You know, it's it's the sequel to World. Like, people will get what it is. There's not going to be as much curiosity behind it. So I, I think it'll be very hard for them to break through. Like, I'm super yeah. hyped for whatever they do. I'm getting yeah. it. Of course. I, can, I, can, I mean, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I could you know. totally see a roadmap where next year's Rise Ultimate and then summer, maybe E3-ish type of point, you know, like a TGS like that, a period they reveal Monster Hunter 6 or whatever it is, and they do the same release schedules they did with the world, like come in January, early February, which is a really good, smart thing to do, because by that point, we'll have a certain amount of maturity in the, the console market for the new machines. People will own the consoles. <laughs> I know, they'll be able to get yeah. the consoles. And they and I still feel that Capcom, as much as World has sold, I still feel that they're still they're still just an Osaka company. I think they would be nervous to try to do like the holiday season like head to head with like Sony titles and stuff like that. So I could see them uh, that, and I think first party are so focused on their exclusives when it comes to the holiday season that they're not going to get yeah. a huge amount of marketing support. Oh. So I could see like an early 2024 like just blow our minds type of yeah. game. Well, it, it worked out because I think, you know, Destiny 2 had just come out and people were bouncing off that game super hard. And so uh, oh, to yeah, your point, Rurikan, I think, no, I, I mean, it supports your point entirely in that, you know, you had all these Destiny players being like, oh, here's a challenging action game that I could play on stream and I have to gr grind out these things, you know, give them a thing to do and give, give them a thing for the community to engage in. I think that was enormous. I specifically remember King Gathalion, whatever, even tweeting out like an image. And I was like, doesn't this guy just play Destiny? He's tweeting out an image of like a, a Monster Hunter right. box. Like, what's happening? There was right. a lot of people that jumped in on that. It's cool. Speaking of world and the launch, uh, do you have any stories about your Xbox experiences, Gaijin? Because I, I, I play on all the platforms and my Xbox streams are among the most popular for a number of reasons. But I'd, I'd like to hear from you first. Interesting, yeah. So, I mean, I started playing... Look, I'm not an Xbox guy, originally. Um, yes, I you got are. 360. Well, I got the 360, right? That was my first Xbox, and that was my first taste of multiplayer and, you know, Xbox Live, Xbox Arcade, and I had a lot of fun with that machine. Um, and then I was... I really had the disdain for the general feeling I was getting from the company, Going oh, everybody Xbox did. One. Oh, oh yeah. it was so bad. It was so bad. It, it, Xbox it, One. And now it's reversed. Show. Now I'm like all, I'm all like not feeling what Sony's up to. So like, it's just kind of interesting. I could bounce around. I play all the games anyways. Um, but I got, I started playing World on PlayStation 4. And I had a good time. I had the PlayStation 4 Pro. I bought the Rathalos Edition 1. And one thing that annoyed me to no end was the damn fan. Like, cause I know oh, that the, wow. the, I know the PS4, the thing is, is I'm in a small room, right? So my room is about eight feet by seven feet. It's a small room. If you room. tried out really, if you tried really hard, could you almost touch both walls? If you stood in the center? Um, and, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not a big Very room. Close. Not a large room. Not a big room. room. Um, so I have the console in here with me and that thing was loud as hell. And so I wasn't even able to make, when I was doing tutorial videos, it was frustrating because I would want oh to, God. even though it was yeah. scripted, I wanted to talk while I was playing it, right? Because that sure. makes it much easier to sync it. But I couldn't because you'd hear <laughs> in the background the entire time. I tried putting the thing on the ground. I tried putting a blanket near it. 
I tried shielding it. it would I can it imagine. That, uh, I can imagine. Also, I did not have the dynamic mic. I, I was an idiot, and I was using a condenser mic, and that thing will pick up everything. I can so hear it was, a mouse fart from across the room, is what I usually say. Exactly. It's, it's actually kind of like side thing. If you have a condenser mic, it's kind of funny. Like you put in the earphones, and you just have it on, and you can hear everything on the other side of the house. It's it almost like hearing. a superhuman power. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun. The kid in me gets skiddy when I can hear. But like, so I had gripes with that experience, um, and I had some bad experiences with just some of the player bases of of people on PSN. Like, my daughter had some bad experiences with PS uh, Four, I think it was, because she was playing Minecraft and she would get messages you know, really obscene, very inappropriate really? messages from wow. random players after she beat their ass in Minecraft. Like, they had like, those, like, <laughs> versus games the where you, like, knock each other off a thing. And it was just, I had to disable all messages. It was just ridiculous. Um, granted, that might exist on Xbox. I wouldn't know. I turned it all off anyways. So, when the Xbox One X was announced, and I was in love with the world, and I still love the game. I know people think I don't. I adore Monster Hunter World and Iceborne, I wanted to play the best possible version of it. And so when I found out about the Xbox, the, the One X looked sexy. I heard it was quiet. I saw that it performed better. I'm like, I got to get one of these. And so I got it specifically for World. And I played it and it was so good. Like it was quiet. It performed incredibly well compared to the PS4 Pro. Um, but most of all, it was quiet as hell. And then from there, it just went on. Like, I fell in love with the machine. I started playing a bunch of games, realized that, you know, most games outside exclusives are released on both anyways. Right. So I was getting what I felt was the better, the better versions. I have a gaming PC, but I just don't like the friction of a gaming PC. I don't like having to, you know... The boot is long or there's it updates feels different. and driver updates. It feels updates. really it's... different when you play on PC. It doesn't always feel like you're playing like a game. It feels like you're playing a computer. Isn't that? Yeah, it, and like, I, I like it, it feels that way. Yeah, I want to be disconnected from the world. I don't want anything to distract me or I know you can turn all that stuff enough. off. I know you can turn all that stuff off, but it's not the same. It's just it's a mentality thing. So like I was just sold in and then, you know, gosh, you, you then Game Pass came out. And for someone like me who, you know, I'm a single father and I work. I don't have a whole lot of time. So like, I don't mind playing and I play a lot of monster hunter. So trying out other games that are like triple a or whatever, or even not triple a indie titles late, um, or just at my own leisure is great. So for me, just give me a game pass subscription and give me a monster hunter. And I'm settled for the year. Like the only thing I might have to buy is like a Capcom game or, or a screen game here or there or something like I'm good or a Nintendo game. So I fell in love with it. And then of course, you know, Phil Spencer, took over and the whole mentality of the company changed and so much better. I, I, I yep. like, I really like the feeling I get from them. And some of that is, you know, me giving into their marketing, I'm sure, but I, I genuinely like what I I'm seeing and feeling from them. So I mean, if they kept doing what they're doing, it's, it's, it's like, great. it's not so, bad. I'm, I'm Microsoft not in general, like, and, and I'm, I'm an Apple guy, but I love what Microsoft is. I love, um, the CEO of Microsoft right now, I find him fascinating. Their strategy of being the open box platform and working with everybody and just, I don't know, there's just something about it. So like, and then I just said, you know, it's going to be my main platform. I fell in love. So I got an Xbox Series S for Yuna and an X for me. We played lots of games on it. We played World and Iceborne on it and it was, it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So 
is like just on the on the topic of Phil Spencer. I'm not even an Xbox guy. I I own PlayStation. Like I've I've been on PlayStation since the three, and I pretty much just do PlayStation because you know you get a little bit of your backlog, particularly now with the PS4 and the PS5, right? So it's like I'm not even an Xbox guy, and I'm just like I'm a huge fan of Phil Spencer. Yeah, I think what Phil I, did for Xbox is friggin' legendary. Oh, like he completely turned unbelievable. it unbelievable, and and it makes me but happy because like the better the Xbox is doing, and the more competition PlayStation has, right. the more reason it has to. Be Sony balanced. and Nintendo have to slowly try and you know uh, even the playing field to some degree. And I think you know the games with PS Plus that come with the PS Five is a direct response to the fact that most people are getting Xbox with Game Pass and like, hey, I've got a hundred plus 200 plus free games and i buy a playstation 5 and i get what <laughs> you get yeah the well the thing is like with game collection. pass like <laughs> yeah. i haven't touched game pass in a few months but i don't care it's still going to pay for itself like i don't have to play it every month like i'm going to play a few awesome games on it a year that it it more than pays for it so like yeah. i'm happy about that and it does lead to more discovery like i'm more likely to try out smaller games just to try them out um, you can guilt free play a would. game for two or three hours, understand the mechanics, enjoy yourself, and then never yeah, play it never again. And there's game. no problem. You don't have to. Then you there don't was, have to feel bad about yeah. it. And I'll yeah. be honest, there was this weird thing where I started getting upset at my PlayStation 4, and it's not Sony's fault, I don't think. You got like an but emotional like I, attachment. I, I, I started realizing 4. that. Um, like I, I started realizing like that you people PlayStation. wanted. <laughs> No, well, our relationship like, yeah, well, isn't the same. You don't, exactly. you don't look at me the way you used to. The thing is, is like I realized that all my viewers, ever almost everybody was playing on PlayStation, right? So, if I wanted to do a weapon tutorial, I wasn't going to say press A, B, and X. Like it would screw everybody up. I would have to say press triangle or or circle or whatever. So I kept doing my tutorials on the PlayStation Four, despite having a machine that played it not only much he better performance wise. It. Looked looked pretty, was quiet as shit, and I had to work with this damn airplane. And, <laughs> I mean, granted, they released PlayStation 4 Pros afterwards, which were more quiet, but the one that I had was just bad. And um, <laughs> Mine wasn't great. So I started resenting the machine. I started, I started hating the machine. And what made it even worse was... You get toxic people in every camp. But the amount of hateful, just like weird fanboy comments that I would get from the Sony group whenever I put a video oh, on that had an X. Oh my, oh, you're playing an Xbox, you loser, blah, 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 blah. You're the only one in Japan ever playing on, blah. It just made me more emotionally say, you know what, screw this Sony thing. I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> like, I don't like, I don't like the reaction I'm getting from people. I don't like the hardware. I don't like, my H, when I sold that machine, I sold the Rathalos Special Edition, they knocked $100 off the price tag because of the scuffs around the HDMI port because wow. the design of that thing is just they slanted the back of the machine I don't know why and so when you if you're a person who needs to take out the HDMI too. cable man you're you can't find the damn port anywhere because like why are you having it's an IO input make it flat for god's sake so I, I started resenting the machine for that <laughs> and I sold it and it didn't get a lot of money for that and then of course I hate the DualShock because every time I sit down to play 
I don't have battery. See, and I'm like, ah, an always on touchpad that drains itself. You need to understand that so. Gaijin at this point resents PlayStation so much that he had an opportunity to buy a PlayStation 5 and he chose not to buy. Oh, not even from no, a scalper. No, wait, no, we'll, we'll have to phrase this a different way. I, I was going, I knew, I know that there's going to be some games on PlayStation 5 that I want to play. Like, there's no doubt about it. So even though I don't want the machine, like, it's, it, I don't like huge stuff. Obviously, I'm in a small room. I've heard it's quiet, which is great. But I'm also just, like, I'm not invested in that ecosystem at all right now. Controller still dies um, all the time, by the way. Yeah, it It'll does. last you nights. Really? Yeah. And yeah, the cable is, like, this long. Uh, <laughs> and it won't charge so, like, the machine is off. And you can't no, put no, it in well, that, it, it does, And if you, and if you record now. a video it, on it, it doesn't even have a format that Mac supports. And it, I'm a Mac user. So, like, wait, I can't wait, even wait. use a capture video from it. I, I need to correct you, one thing. They fixed the thing of it not charging while it's on standby. It char Mine no, I, at least you, does. I can't, put mine in, I can't put mine in standby Did because... You? It'll really? crash. I, it almost died once. The only reason it came back to life is because of a firmware update. I almost had to send it in. <laughs> I had to put it into recovery mode to update the firmware so it would even turn on. So I always <laughs> fully turn it off and it will not charge fully turned off. No, I've, I've never had, I mean, I had the issue where it wouldn't charge when it was uh, an, on rest no. mode. Like would... You're playing, you're rushing roulette every time you put that thing in standby. Dude, my console has been in standby every single time and i move this console uh, a lot like it goes to my home comes back to the office my home back to the office go to vegas every time <laughs> you're actually no don't you've used up all of your luck you still have a functioning playstation 5 i i feel bad i i just thought of some more reasons why i started resenting playstation i want to say my, it because i think people are, this is something between people, you and like a licensed therapist guy. i don't know how that means really certified to help you <laughs> no no, no. Like, going, i want to say because i don't i don't want people to say like oh there's only one or two reasons and then he wrote it off what an idiot like there's there's more like <laughs> okay so so like i was the just getting into grievances get against sony you will hear from okay. me well the thing is, it's a complicated it's not all sony's fault so i live in japan where pc parts cost <laughs> almost double that they do anywhere else in the world i just got a new 4k hdmi 2.1 monitor and it cost me, what would it be, $1,500. The same monitor in the U.S. will sell for $900. Yeah, um, so, like, my nice. game PC cost me way more than it should have. But the thing is, is I had a 1440p high refresh rate, nice oh, monitor. Yeah. And that's what I played on. Xbox One X says, okay, we'll support... I mean, most of the games were, re were internal resolution was 1440p anyways, right, for the 4K right. stuff. So right. they, they added like it. Yeah, you know, they just okay, well, we'll just hit the button and we added it as an available output. Like, have fun. Sony, because they're invested in their 4K TV business. Nope. And you get 1080 because <laughs> the thing is the thing is the 1440p industry is so small and niche anyways that it makes me feel more resentful that the fact that they said, even though it's not going to affect our major sales of TVs, no, we got our, our TVs, we're not going to support 1440p, even though the games are freaking rendering in 1440p. And so, like, when I played the PlayStation 4 on my monitor, it looked like shit, because it didn't look as good as the Xbox, right, because it, it was rendering in 1080. Scaling. Yeah. And it's, then it's you like get things that, like, um, I was looking at... It's I'm like sorry, that... That's that show that they go on TV. What is it? The the one where the the guys the the pawn shop thing, 
And it's like a pawn stars, right? The pawn stars. Yeah. And it's like, you get there with your, with your 1440 P monitor and your PlayStation four goes best I can do for you is 1080 P. That's the best I got. Best offer. 1080p. Sorry, man. Uh, 1440p. 720. Wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, you crashed. Recovery mode. 480p only. <laughs> You'll be happy to know, Gaijin, by the way, PS5 is one of the most finicky consoles ever to get video capture off of. I had to completely strip down my entire, like, switcher and video what? input system because it did not play happy at oh, all maybe okay. it works for you Rurikon, but no, like no, no, I had no. a pretty... because you had you have like a an hdmi a matrix splitter. type situation okay you have a splitter yeah yeah, yeah I, I i gave up on that i was like not yeah to get rid of it i i am no, it worked for everything cables. except ps5 it really it was fine it was only the ps5 entered the situation and it's like no i'm gonna ruin yeah. everyone's day well i still got two two or three more grievances i have to air <laughs> i'm sorry i'm going on a rant here no okay so like uh, so uh, another one so I'm in, was. I have to do it longer. Get ready. So like, okay, I have an Elgato, so I don't have problems capturing video and stuff, right? But I'm also a very excitable Monster Hunter fanatic, and I want to see more people creating content uh, and videos and stuff like that because people are interesting and they make really interesting stuff. So I like the idea that a console can capture video, like the new ones, right? But Sony PS5 captures in WebM extension. What the hell? You can Why change it to MP4, though. That is an option. You can capture an MP4. Oh, you can? Yeah, you I, can. Think, I think I just changed mine, and I, did, I don't even it, remember. You're, you are correct. It will default as WebM for whatever reason, but there is an MP4 option. Was that I always recorded there? A bunch of, I recorded a bunch of returnal footage uh, that I never used, and it, it's an MP4. Okay, well, that's good to hear, because I, I, I thought it was WebM only, at least at the launch, and I was like, that's the just... The PS5 cool. at least is. And I, I don't know what I did for PS4, but I know the PS5 at least, and I would assume PS4 that was PS4. was MP4 as well, because I, I recorded some stuff. Yeah, so it. I was like, why are they using this stupid codec? And, like, I can't even edit that in Final Cut Pro if I wanted to anyways, and it looks... Oh. I'm like, ah, I'm just like, you know, compliant. Just... I have, like, you've got one job in your video editor. That means I should be able to import any video I drag onto it. That drives yeah, me up. I, that upset me. Yeah. Oh, well, then, well, then the other thing is like having to pay, and this is a grievance I have with Nintendo as well, but having, having to, pay, to pay to have my save data backed up. Oh, yeah. Wow. You like, know, I, 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 I pay to get the cloud stuff anyways, right? Like I have my Xbox Gold or whatever, and I've got my Switch online. I hated playing for PSN Network because one, I don't play online a lot especially with Monster Hunter, even that, I would have loved to just not have my account online. Like, I don't need the online port. You cannot have a cloud save unless you pay the money. Switch does the same. Xbox, everybody's good. I got, my cloud saves from 360 are still there. It's crazy. Oh, and wow. I don't pay for that. Yeah, yeah and my, they don't Microsoft charge any user has, for um, cloud saves. They have a much better server infrastructure. They also have better, like, download speeds and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. I think the save backups are free on silver too. You don't even need gold for for Microsoft. You don't need anything. Yeah, just just yeah. just get a free account. And it and is it is backup. mysterious though the way like the Microsoft system. I do wish you had more ability to see what the save is, when it was, manually back it up. I will say to Sony's credit, their system really lets you manage it. On on so Microsoft, you, can, you have so you can save scum. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Um. No, so I was doing a series of speed runs 
where I was doing only the Iceborne content. And oh, my okay. my yeah. speedrun console of choice was the Xbox One X. Um, and I would have to go into offline mode, delete my save, go online, sync from online save, and then play that way. Whereas yeah, with PSN, just, I could have not... put it on a USB stick and you can't do that on Xbox. So there's one small yeah. side. But I mean, at the same time, it's it's free. So yeah, yeah. can't complain that much. But the One X was the superior way to play Monster in a World on console. And I will say I have the most fun when I play random SOSs on the Xbox to this day. It is a, it just, the environment and the get, feeling. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's because it was smaller, like in terms of market size, but well, they the, had the Game player... Pass. Monster in the World was, it yeah, actually it had a huge install base because of Game Pass. And I think the a lot of these people like, are getting Iceborne. Yeah, I can't speak to the quality of the player random base in Sony because I just don't Skill wise, but Xbox was, was good. Massive. Like, but people it, were pretty it's fun. fun. It, 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 it hits different because you have, Sort of the feeling of like when you played Try, of a bunch of people learning and experiencing Monster Hunter again for the first time. That's the sort of feeling and attitude I get when I enter into an Xbox lobby. In that, like, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't need any help necessarily, but um, I'm not, I'm not out necessarily to find the best players in the world. I'm looking for the players that are looking to have a good time and have a lot of fun. And I just yeah. get that impression. For some reason, even though it's pixels and I'm not even using voice comms, nobody's saying anything or doing anything, but there is like a, I agree. Like a it feels celebration different. of life on Xbox. It's just a different atmosphere, and I don't know what it is or why it is that way. Uh, whereas I would say the tr tryhards are, were a bit more on PS4 and definitely on PC, like maximum like tryhard is PC. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's my story of how I, I came to... Jesus. Fall out of love with uh, Sony and, and in love with Xbox. Do you feel Xbox. better? Do you feel like a little like a like a sense of relief? I closure? do, and I, I f the thing is like I will buy a PlayStation Five. I'm hoping that they'll have a smaller version by the time they make me buy it. Hopefully, like I bought, spin, yeah, I bought PlayStation Four specifically for Bloodborne. So yep, I was happy. Like I don't regret my purpose, my purchase at all. I'm very happy, and I played a bunch of games. Like I enjoyed Detroit and. A bunch of other games as well so like you know i'm I'm very happy and i thought it was a great console but i it's just one little factors here and there all piling up and just making me you know and i just i don't like the corporate vibe i'm getting from from sony recently it's interesting uh, you call it a, a california company i mean it, it kind of makes sense i just never because you can kind of tell like you know microsoft is a definitely a u.s company trying to you know Please, like you know western u.s mm. office but whereas with sony you just see them changing course and it just doesn't make sense for what you expect from what you would have seen from like a playstation 2 era or even a playstation 3 era uh somewhere around the ps4 era it started to change and it felt like there was a lot less pressure to do really great innovation and instead just do major tentpole blockbuster games like your god of war and stuff like that rather than go out and take risks you know, and it's just so. kind of weird. It's 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 psychological, but it's it's kind of interesting seeing the. I could be wrong here, but I I used to get the vibe that the Xbox was in Microsoft Studios was like shooters and, and and you know like the Jock Boys playing and and, and, well, and they killing definitely people. have them. They do. Yeah. They definitely and they have there's them, an right. aspect to that. Yeah. Where Sony felt a little bit more diverse. This could just be me making up feelings um, no no i mean that was definitely true for a while I mean, but now i feel like it's reverse i see sony stuff and i see violence i see shooters and i see like just like competitive in your face stuff where now the microsoft at least how they're showcasing their 
their portfolio is so much more diverse. I feel like it's it's almost like they flipped in my mind. I, yeah. Again, it's psychological. Like I never thought like, about uh, it like it, but you're right. I mean, with Game Pass, especially like the the range of games, and those games are being obviously. I mean, in a way, they're like micro published by Microsoft. Like my understanding is the way Game Pass works is you're going to put our game on our service. We're going to give you the equivalent of a half million sales or a million sales yeah. or something like that, and then we have it for this period of time. And most publishers that I've known have spoken about it say they almost always break even on development from their deal with Microsoft alone. And then everything else they get on top of that is profit. And then eventually the game goes away and maybe you buy it because it's your new game or at the very least you broke even. But like, yeah, and know, if you want to buy it, you can get it cheaper as well, which is great. Like it's going to yeah. go away. It's been here for like over a year. But if you really love it, go ahead and buy it and we'll give you, you know, 20 percent, 30 percent off. Like they had this PC game on PC Game Pass. I think it's called Days of Horror, and it's like a Junji Ito inspired PC game, like that looks like it's on an old Commodore sixty four with like you know like the little <laughs> pixelated graphics. That's on Game Pass. Like, how the hell did that get negotiated? How the hell did that get released? But it's it did. They they yeah. do negotiate a lot of like indie games and stuff like that. It's to put crazy. On Pass, like, is... how would they even hear about that? Like, did they approach them? Like who approached who? How does that even show up there? It's a cool game, yeah. by the way. It's a kind of like a randomized roguelike RPG, Junji Ito horror. Uh, you get, I, I can't even explain it other than if you have PC Game Pass, uh, you could run it on like yeah. a laptop from 10 years ago. So it's kind of a cool game. Yeah, but, but again, this is, this is not just me falling out of love with Sony, but it's also me falling back in love with Microsoft. So again, like I said, like I love what they're doing as a corporation like like some the way they're changing their direction um this comment Steve section Palmer. is going to be yeah. something else guys you <laughs> know, right? you're just gonna this is just gonna be this is just gonna be hell for uh, yeah, they're gonna a lot of people i mean i think hard. i've taken a relatively neutral stance hopefully nobody's gonna be coming after me but jesus well at least you, i'm willing to admit that my my issues are emotional and they're personal i right? came and down to not... this devil rathalos ps4 in your room causing you hell and the thing is nobody can <laughs> ever truly appreciate unless you've done it is audio quality and that you sat down yeah and you recorded the video and you recorded the audio and you go to check it out after you've added it up and you're like, this audio is unusable and I got to do this all over again. That, that'll yeah. cause you to hate a lot of things. Yeah. You don't know anything until you've experienced the hell that is a condenser and people are like, what, And people are like, well, you have your PlayStation under your TV. You never need to worry about the HDMI. I'm like, no, I, my situation, I have to change H. I'm not buying five Elgatos, which I, funny enough, I have five Elgatos now. Um, like I got sick of changing out the HDMI's, <laughs> but like, man, people, that was painful. That like I would scrape my hand on that plastic. It hurt. People don't realize Jeez. that particularly for content creators, we have to move stuff around quite yeah. often. We have to unplug oh, cables like, all the damn time. Just, my just series use, X just is just sitting at the charging, end of my desk. Charging station for your controllers. I'm like, yeah, in my eight by six room, I'm putting in a charging station. Kidding <laughs> me? That being said, I did manage to score. A pre-order of that insanely huge and amazing Fatalis statue that they oh, announced no way. yesterday. That thing is just ridiculously yeah. expensive. Why would you do this? Three hundred dollars. Where's it gonna go? You have no room. I know. This I didn't. Well, I decided. I I, I don't have any storage in the, the room, so I told my daughter. I said I have to get like a, a dresser thing with storage, like for the side of the room. Your bed we just is don't right there. We can see it. It's in the frame. <laughs> I know. Nobody <laughs> else. So, nobody else can see it, Shepard. Just you and me. 
only you oh, I'm sorry. But I'll, Never mind. I'll put I'll put the fatalis on top of that. It'll be great. No, I, <laughs> I don't just, know what that's that was. That best. was that was my bonding experience with my daughter, and, and there's just something special because that was her first monster in her mainline game, and us playing all the way through fatalis and having such a good time with it. Like that to me, it's like. I need that. I want. I'm not a guy who collects stuff, but I want that memory as a statue. That would be cool. Vitalis was cool as hell in the world, and it was a definitely. Uh, it was his best. God, I think you could make the argument that it's the best end monster in any game. The only thing that comes even right, close I so, is, yeah. I guess, Gogmazios, maybe. Because he's just so cool. Vitalis. Talcao was awesome. You know, I love. I love them, but Fatalis is a, is a whole another breed. They really raised the bar for. I mean, you do rip a dragonator out of Dogmazios's back and then shoot him with it. You gotta, you gotta epic, respect yeah. that. That's pretty good. I mean, but both of them are very good. I, I would say Fatalis. I mean, is, is has the biggest build up and and you know proper storyline backing it up. Um, yeah. And as a oh, fight, I okay. guess he's probably one of the most challenging. I'm gonna dig my grave, and I'm I'm gonna shut up about Sony. Oh no! There's one other thing they did. There's one other <laughs> thing they did, which upset me. I'm sorry. This is going to be the it. So, okay. Everyone in the comments, just so you know, um, thumbs up if uh, you like Sony. Uh, thumbs down if they've caused you grievances. Uh, leave I'm a so comment. Why do I have to suffer we, we for this? Finally get, we finally get one of my favorite content creators on the show as a guest, and here I am going off about Sony. I, I feel like an idiot. But we'll just invite, I, we'll just I, invite let me, him let me just get this, and then this will be it. This one will be a good one that Shepard, I think you'll you you will be able to understand this one. Here we go. So because Sony is a California company now, they decided, hey, we're gonna start reversing what's confirming what's cancel. So oh. now the X is so now the X, which yeah, is culturally X. cancel in Japan, in fact, it is the freaking word for no, batsu, and maru is the cultural sign and symbol we use for yes is now reversed so why they took a problem that people dealt with that there's a cultural difference between confirm and no because of the way the buttons are called and they look and they made a problem out of it like why the hell would they do that so they you don't even have the option to remap it now you Wait, it says take, press, get rid of the option to remap yeah. yeah they took it out as well they why? doubled down and yeah because they're idiots and so they said like so now the game is saying Press X to say okay. That is so unintuitive to someone who speaks I'm, Japanese. I'm gonna be real. I'm just like, what are you smoking? That one almost feels like a dick measuring contest where, some, yeah. where they're just going like, no, 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 no. Japan, You're not gonna you, tell us what to you do. you listen so to us now. Leads. You press X to go forward, and Japan's like, but why? Yeah. We've always used circle. He's like, you do. We're a California company now, so now you use yep. X like the rest yeah. of it. It's it's really dumb. So that, that, is really, that was really one of the other straws. So that I really and people don't understand. They're like, dude, it's like people just you'll get used to. It. I'm like, you know, it's part of the freaking language of this country. You go on TV shows, you do anything, you put a circle if it's yes and a. X if it's no, like that is just how the culture is here linguistically. The triangle was like it for is, the map or something. Like all yeah, the buttons. It's just, well, that, that, those were abstract, but like like Marubatsu, X and like o, X and O are very that, are very clear. That's very mention, specific. Everything in my daily life here goes by that. I almost wish it was like that. The Japanese way was almost like that in the West as well, because that would be so much better for me to swap between PlayStation and Nintendo because A is confirmed. <laughs> So, so like on Xbox, it's confusing because they, it's interesting. So you, they you, flip you press, it from um, the switch A and B and is flipped, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but the thing is, is there's no association in my head linguistically about A and B. 
Like I can get used to that. But when you tell me press Batsu or press X to, to confirm, that is so, it, I mean, that it, it's like saying, give me the thumbs down if you like this video. Like it seems totally backwards. And I just, I said, you know what? Screw thumbs this down if that just... a PS4 is your sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, I'm gonna shut up. No gonna, more talking about that. Let's force, get back to I'm Monster gonna Hunter. Forcefully, I'm gonna forcefully push us away from that. Yes, please, please. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not talking about this again. <laughs> On the Microsoft, you could connect the adaptability controller to a potato, and you could slap the potato, and that could be X. I'm blaming Shepard for this, by the way. You're the one who told me. Tell me about you and Xbox, and I just wanted to hear about your Xbox hunting experiences, <laughs> not like. Ten years of therapy being unpacked about what Sony did to you personally and what keeps you up at night. I didn't I'm know. Sorry. I was like, so man, sorry. I have a lot of fun time playing Monster Hunter multiplayer on the Xbox. How about you, Gadget Hunter? Let me tell you, I was six years old when I saw my first Sony picture, and I've never stopped being pissed off since. This. <laughs> I'm going to buy every single stock of Sony and I'm going to bankrupt that company to the ground. Jesus Christ. So, uh, the last thing I see, this company will be in flames. I give you thumbs up, Sony, which really means thumbs down. Kiss my ass. And I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that this video in 1440p resolution. Yeah, 1440p only. <laughs> no, I'm cool, man. That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to do that. I mean, uh, what's your favorite monster? <laughs> I mean, I play like I said. I like if I go back to an old monster, hunter, I like to play for you because in G rank, it's just like the perfect level of difficulty. I like no, the no, no, I like no, no, the virus no. monster. You didn't you didn't hear me? Favorite oh, monster? I'm sorry, you were left. My favorite monster? Nergigante, but before Iceborne, before he learned his stylish pose. Honestly, Nergigante is the best monster ever created until Clutch Claw. But before Clutch Claw, he's the best monster ever created. And I so love him. Where do you where do you fall with Nergigante and Ruiner Nergigante? Are they the same to you or is there one flavor yeah. that you like more? They're different monsters. And Ruiner is, I mean, he's, I mean, I guess he's cool to look at. He's not fun to fight, but he's cool to look at. Uh, it's just the truth. He's not a fun fight. You know, he, he. I don't think he's that he, much of an unfun fight. I don't. He screams and he pounces like every uh, twenty to thirty seconds, and when he gets to very low life, he does instant arm hooks that you have like no human reaction time to ever possibly go against. I'm saying you're you're asking me to compare Nergigante to Ruiner Nergigante. You may have all sorts of positive memories about Ruiner, but there's I. I don't want to sound like an asshole. There's no way you fought more Nergigante or Ruiner than me. It's not possible. No. I'm sorry. It's not. It's nah. not. And I'm just telling you, between the two of them, Nergigante is categorically, potentially one of the best monsters ever designed in the series. Well, he's also more diverse than Ruiner. I'll give him that as well. What about Arch-Tempered Nergigante? Oh, you don't like the Palm Slam? If you use Charge Blade, no, you do. It probably feels pretty bad. No, I, I mean, was, I, I was talking I, about that pounce thing that he does that was like almost instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the pump slam. Yeah, he does okay. the pump slam. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, that wasn't good design. That yeah. wasn't good design. I'm talking about normal Nergigante. Just, just the normal I, guy, our, our spiky friend, uh, Arch Temper. I totally agree, though. Be. I think Nergigante is a great monster. It's like the theme song, the, the hunt design, the visual design, the just everything about it just was, was, and even from a game design, like I love the fact that as a flagship monster, 
their armor may not be the end all, but it's Pretty still good. a damn decent set. And it it's, it's, it's going to help you get through the end of the game, which is what I oh, think yeah. a flagship monster should be. And unfortunately, it's and not always the case. Yeah. No, I'm looking at you, Magnamalo. I'm looking at him, his his armor. I still like just... his dual blades. And, 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 no, uh, I like Hellfire. his weapons, but not his armor. You don't like the Hellfire Cloak? It's Dude, fun in multiplayer. No. I used I used Hellfire Cloak with um with the Gunlance. Even I had a Hellfire Cloak Gunlance build, and it was a lot of fun because whenever yeah. you did the um what's it called Ground Splitter, it would drop yeah. the mine. So I was just like, yeah, yeah. it's an extra nah, sixty I, my, damage or whatever. It's great. I beat one with Magnumalo armor and switch axe. It was great. It's base because both both wire bug moves drops the little mines, and so yeah. I was using an exhaust switch axe. They were constantly on the ground from either the mines or being KO'd, but. The reason I like Nergigante is, you know, he he teaches you how to play the game in that you have to be aggressive, you have to spot things that are changing about the monster. So his his he's in his normal state. You wound him from the wound grows white spines, which take more damage. And if you break them, he topples over. And so you're you're directly reinforced to be focusing weak spots, and then especially focusing weak spots because if you don't do that, then of course they grow black. Uh, sometimes it causes him to deal more damage. Uh, his spines, if he does his paw slam, I'm not sure if you ever noticed, if he's got spines on his arm and he does his paw slam, he actually creates a separate AOE. It's so cool. Like a little extra area comes out just from his one design of his arm being wounded. Just that one though, not the other one. Um, he's just the he's best monster in the game. And, you know, it's, I still do like base game world speed runs from time to time. And he's almost always, him or Tio are the highlights of whenever I do mm. a run um for me personally because i just look forward to that hunt when you're in your speed run gear like you're you're getting by with like 100 armor and like some you know crappy ore or bone weapon um, so are, are you really excited to see that he's going to be quite predominant actually yeah um, he's featured a, he's in a, stories too yeah he's definitely something in stories too um yeah i mean you know i'm assuming we'd be able to get him eventually i'm i'm assuming it's yeah. you're gonna have to beat the game and then you'll get him that way like he's gonna be like a like a Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, if, as... if if Velgana, yeah, if Velgana is like, yeah, like a legendary Pokemon. If if she's rideable, then he's gotta be. Yeah, and that's gotta yeah, be yeah. fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I I plan to use him. I I hope he takes on weird characteristics when you give him some sort of an element. Like it'd be fun to see like a water Nergigante to see like how that changes <laughs> him in any way. Well, it's possible, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I I remember playing stories. It's it's probably been almost it's i think it's been two years now since i did my playthrough but i think i had like a water kezu and stuff like that and everything just kind of works naturally right like you're like how does this just work but in stories it just does, it does you start yeah. doing gene therapy um or whatever they call gene, gene, fusion, editing, gene yeah. breeding gene editing um chris so i think that'll be a fun game it's <laughs> like uh, live editing their dna it's like some freaking <laughs> eugenics operation over there <clears throat> yeah that's a good yeah Okay. Oh. Who's your favorite like new monster in Rise? Is, do you have one on? In, in um, I mean the the trial of Demo Magnamalo to me almost outshines anything that you could have done in the main game. Oh wow! Uh, I still have that demo. I still plan to play it again someday when I'm like looking for content. Um, I've never played the demo Magnamalo. It was that challenging. Ooh. You missed yeah. a little. You missed a little tidbit of history. You gotta. You gotta see if you can get yourself that demo some way. I'd like message somebody, you know, in Capcom Osaka, be like, "Hey, can you hook me up with a code or something?" Because that is close to the most difficult hunt most people will ever do in their lives. Oh wow! 
I mean, there may be specific examples that stand outside of that 140 guild quests, maybe. But even then, at least you got 50 minutes. Um, wow, does it does it compare to like the uh, the uh, Super Bracky from 3G? I mean, you technically had 50 minutes on that one and your choice of gear. Uh, Super yeah, Bracky's the, hard. Super Bracky's really hard. The biggest problem with that quest was was definitely the timer, because you know that timer just keeps you. You know, you have to be aggressive. If you're not aggressive, you're done. And you got no, and you got no armor skills, right? You're just nope. yeah, you're nothing, pretty yeah. much it's, naked. It, it's hard to compare it directly to Super Bracky. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's less about surviving, although it certainly is about surviving, but it's about dealing enough damage in, in 15 minutes. Uh, and he's How would you feel if they added that as like an event quest? Like bring him back that. with if a Every time. week they just gave us, I would love it if we had like a freaking... Um, 15 minute know. timer, Magnamalo super. Uh, no, like a super Pookie Pookie, like a 15 minute AT Pookie Pookie. He's got the move set, honestly. Yeah. You know, they redesigned all the monsters so they're all fun to fight against. Like, that's what I want. Like, you know, when I was looking for content, you know, back in the day, like it would be like, we're going to rotate through all of the AT monsters and just fight them over and over again because they're just fun fights to do, you know? Yeah. I think that's where I, where all three of us are, are, are still left unsatisfied with the event quests the is there's yeah. so much they can do with what they have already it's a waste that it of wouldn't time. take it wouldn't take much effort for them to i mean it would take effort obviously but it, it's so, not the same as like they don't have to create like a tempered version they could just tweak the values a little bit make them faster make them hit harder add a new and time limit and be all good. they've already done quests like that like the usuchi challenges or whatever they're harder than regular <clears throat> the regular monsters so they just need to tweak something up just like they did for those quests in an event quest because his number is even no. higher, you know, so be fun. I, I've got a direct comment I have to do is based on a Silicon era uh, interview they had with Riozo today. And it was discussing the headline was about um, the DLC model in Rise versus World in, in the previous games. And it was it was going over the um, paid DLC for cosmetics uh, just came out a couple hours ago. And, and I want to be clear, like, I don't if they want to help monetize the game by selling cosmetic DLC. Fine. That doesn't bother me at all. You know, I mean, it's completely optional. It's not a big deal. Even if they're not giving us new layered stuff in game as often as they used to also don't really care. No big deal. However, in the article, they said the reason why we wanted to have paid DLC was because we did not want to have players that would have a challenge getting the cosmetic DLC through beating the event quests. I need to go look at that interview. Jesus Christ, that is terrible. Mm, let me let me see. Yeah, let me that feels like a, that feels like the wrong because like interpretation I remember I remember just the sense of achievement that I got from when I first did Extreme Auth, and I was like, yeah, I get to use this crazy armor from Final Fantasy fourteen. Because I beat this really challenging fight, and I have this new title option. Okay, which is, I'm, I'm going to read the quote here then. Um, so yeah, it says, well, I, I've got it right uh, here. As you are aware, is that where you're going to start? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go for it. Okay, all right. So as you are aware, in titles prior to Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, although I would say all the way up the world, cosmetic content was mainly available as a reward for free event quests. However, as character makeup and equipment design can now be expressed more richly in the game, which is true, and as a way to make it easier, easier to obtain cosmetic content outside of quests, we've also started distributing paid cosmetic content from Monster Hunter World. For the same reason, Monster Hunter Rise also offers paid content, but we are also increasing the degree of freedom of expression for character makeup 
the number of equipment for layering implemented in the game. So we are focusing on both free and paid content. But I want to see. I I desperately want to see the Japanese the Japanese version. Yeah. I mean, I, all right, I, let's, stuff let's like this re reeks of nuance, and I'm like, if if he was referring to the Final Fantasy Extremeth layered set, that's still a flex if you have that. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. still there's people out there that don't have it. You know, I'm sure there's still people that whenever they go back to Astera, they still hear the Final Fantasy music. It's possible. <laughs> Not convinced, but it's possible. There's probably a, few, a couple of people out there that still hear it. Um, didn't beat the normal behemoth. And that's neither here nor there. Um, and I, I get it in that regard, but it's and, and, and I agree with you, Gaijin. There's definitely some nuance from the Japanese we're missing. 100 mm. um, percent. But it's just funny to hear them being like. We don't want to challenge you guys in the event quest, so we're going to let you buy it instead. And meanwhile, we've that gotten the terrible. easiest... It, it sounds that's... totally wrong. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean... It's like, the, this, is something, this is something that I brought up before as well in the podcast, and that is like, I don't mind cosmetic DLC. I do feel that the balance right now is a little bit skewed. Because like, it's very we much, have... You, you can we have more on DLC than the game. Yeah, we have so, like three or four... Um, updates that we're going to be getting in the in the next couple of months until the end of august and it's like all of them say dlc in capital letters there and we all know that that is their thing for the paid dlc and it's like paid dlc and one event quest more paid dlc and another one or two event quests it's just like come on man and these event quests okay, so haven't I'm, been that great i'm going to give you my guess and my interpretation of what he was trying to say because generally i can look at translated stuff from japanese to english and, and kind of guess what yeah. he was saying like backwards programming i could be wrong because this reads really bad i mean i you, there's no denying that i think what they were trying to say here and this is my guess is that cosmetic content in monster hunter at least according to tsujimoto san has never been that big of a deal because it was just a different color it was just a different thing it wasn't like an item that you would sell. Like there wasn't that much production and quality behind it. Like there, there it wasn't that rich of content. That's something that you would try to sell. So we just gave it away as parts of as a freebie for some event quest. But starting one month from Monster Hunter World, they were able to start making things that were actually of value and interesting. So that they decided, okay, we're going to start doing some cosmetic stuff in World um, for paid DLC. So now they're saying, okay, well. We got to do something for the people who are not going to buy it. So in this game, we've made cosmetic, uh, like layered armor. They they added like the two tone uh, color changing that you can do now. Um, getting layered armor is much easier. It it looks more rich. You could do more visual stuff with it. So the way I think what he was trying to say here is actually putting the focus on yeah we have paid DLC cosmetic like we did at World because we feel that it's it's rich enough to be sold. But in the same time, we're making we've made the armors and the layered armors in the game much more enjoyable for regular players. That's my guess. I think it, if my guess is that he's in my most optimistic translation mind is that he's actually trying to put the focus on the fact that yes, we are selling it, and we understand that you might not like that, but we're one we're selling it because we feel that it's it's really rich. But two, there's tons of stuff in the game right now that you can get just from playing it. So we feel that it works out, but the way it reads in English right now is just really bad. It's it's just, just like is the event quests aren't challenging. That's yeah. the only thing I'm saying. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's actually what you said is probably 100 percent what he intended to say, but the way it reads is 
people struggling in the event quest. To make it easier to obtain content outside of quest is, is, is feels really. I mean, is it so easier dumb. to spend twenty dollars? I mean, that's that's what it that's what it comes down to. I mean, and again, it sounds like, bad, I want to be yeah. clear. I don't. I I'm completely on board if they can sell a hundred dollars of DLC to someone and it makes it yeah. so they want to keep creating content. Great. I want there to be Monster Hunter whales that get us more content in the game. I just want it to be content that I want to play that is challenging that I can continually to engage in. That's all. I, I That's totally all. agree. And I, and people have aired some some grievances in the fact that uh, we're in the update period we're in now. They seem to be it, it comes off wrong that they're focused more on DLC than giving there's us so event much quests. of it. There and is there so be, much DLC. There's an in, there's an imbalance right now, and I would actually totally agree. And I I'm not going to people think I'm an apologist or whatever. Like, and I and Capcom could do no wrong. Like. I might, I feel the same, okay? Like, I'm, I'm with you guys 100% of the way here on that one. Like, I no, think that no, was the no wrong approach. So either you're making a new character or you're playing something <laughs> else. Or, or you're playing it just to, to enjoy it because it's fun. And it is a fun game. Like I said, it's mechanically and design for the monster-wise in terms of combat, one of the best, if not the best, Monster Hunters ever made. There's zero question in my mind. And if there was to be a G-rank or Master-rank version afterwards... I can't see how it wouldn't then be like the definitive version of Monster Hunter until whatever next happens, it, assuming yeah. the next version could even surpass it. It's just where yeah. we are right now. We're just we're missing either the the challenging event quest because people want to tune in. You know, if you, if you stream the game, like they want to see challenging content. They don't want to see you go in and, and, and fight the same monster you have over and over again that isn't that hard to beat and doesn't give anything worth the value. Like there's no, yeah. you know, th th there's there's multiple things that makes live streaming entertaining, right? So there's, um, you know, displays of skills. Um, there's tension in challenging content. Um, there's the sense of discovery and, and excitement when something random or new happens, such as like decorations and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that Rise is, is, is lacking or bereft in all of those, but when you could more easily go back to the other games and capture those things more effectively than in a new title is a little disappointing. And, and I do agree with you both in that, you know, it, it came from a place of love. Like, I don't, I, I think again, it came from a place of, we want to, you know, really respect the player's time in terms of being able to put together an armor set that is functional and be able to complete the game um, with a reasonable level of challenge. It's just like where they I, are from I here. Also, yeah. And I also feel that, it was pretty obvious from the get-go that World and Iceborne was designed with the Western market very much in mind. Yeah. The way that Western gamers consume content, both including like streaming, yeah. trying to keep it relevant on Twitch, and it worked. I mean, it there's no yeah. denying it. it was fantastic. It's a uh, um, world is, is beating Rise regularly in viewer metrics. Yeah. But Rise feels like it was like okay let's let's like ignore like that's they were trying to go all global let's just try to dial back to the old days let's focus on uh, not necessarily japan but let's just focus on what we know and and these are japanese developers so twitch is not a big thing here um live streaming is slowly catching on a little bit but it's mainly just youtuber personalities that you want to watch it's still not gaming you know what i mean so like yeah people watch the vtubers i mean even in live streaming for the most part you still watch yeah, the content if, creator yeah, but for like the most the, the typical Japanese developer or publisher does not have live streaming experience in mind when they're designing their game. That's just a flat out because there's just not there's not the culture of it yet here. And there, there's um, also so the, the it's thing, slowly grown though. The a, a lot of the problems that you mentioned are very specific to live streaming, right? 
It's like, I think for the, a regular user, there is the whole thing about they don't have that Skinner box. It's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it is a problem for streaming for sure. That, that I can yeah. completely agree on because I haven't streamed as much of Rise as I've streamed of War. That is for sure. Because I'm also not yeah, chasing I mean, the Even the based decos. off the release window. Like, compared to the release window, it's night and day. I'm sure you played nothing but World for a year straight. Yeah, pretty much. But there's also the fact that I had much earlier access to Rise than I did for World. So I, I came out of the gate with 100 hours already under my belt, pretty much. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's I a both special... started on the same foot, right? You started release day two, Gaijin? Yeah. yeah, and uh, my, my case is a little special because I have someone physically in the house who's playing with me. Um, so I think if you have a sibling or you have a, a you know father-daughter yeah. like me and Yuna, that's very different because for us, we've now, she's gotten her 200th all-mother kill. Uh, we've killed over 400 Ibushis. Like, we're just having tons of fun just goofing around, doing naked runs and, and stuff like that. So, like, we're slowly, I would say, slowing down, but we're still playing it every day. Um, and so it's just it's just fun for us to play. Um, so I could see where my situation is not. I'm getting more mileage out of the game, and I've never played, I'll be honest, even as hardcore, like fanatical i am about monster hunter i've never played a base game release more than like 500 hours ever um like it's just the base game party like i did not get into the guild quest for monster hunter 4 so i i did didn't interest me i, I had actually it disinterested me. i was very not interested in doing guild quests because i wanted to get the weapon from the monster that it's associated with i didn't want to get a fire weapon from a rajang that makes no sense to me it's a little um, weird. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. So I didn't do it. And that was fine. And I only played that game for like 400 hours or something like that for base. And then when G came out, man, I went crazy. And it was well over 1,000. Same thing with Generations. I never put that much time, uh, I think, into the base. So for me as a base game, it's it's on par, even though I was a solo hunter. But I could see where a solo person might be like, kind of like, okay, well, the party's over. And I th And my advice has always been the same, which is, you know, it's disappointing, but don't don't try to force it. You know, because that'll make you like my, oh, yeah. me going off about Sony. Yeah, like it'll if you be try a to PS4 force something that you, yeah, demon, yeah. <laughs> you will not. You'll you'll start to resent it, and that's yeah. not good. And that, so. that's exactly what I did when I when I started to feel like again, it's not like I ever disliked Rise, but when it just felt like it was time to move on, I just went on and I started playing other things. And we've talked, yeah. we've hinted about a little bit. I've been playing a tons of Dragon's Dogma, re-experiencing that. I know you did a lot of content on Dragon's Dogma at one point. God damn, I love it's, that game so it's, much. It's so it's so funny because out of all three of us, I was the first one to to get into Dragon's Dogma. I got into oh, it you're the so one. hard. Yeah, dude. The second that thing came out, I was like deep into it. I, I did like, I don't know, four or five full playthroughs on my channel because I was just like super into it. And just oh, like once it once it hits, you're like, I gotta get in. I gotta get back in that yeah. game. But but it's like for you it didn't hit right at the start with Dragon's Dog. Oh, I hated the ox me, quest. Right? The ox quest. Uh, I, I I hate that. I don't I don't <laughs> what, like that quest. What yeah. what, are, what is the ox quest? Because it's been so long since I. Oh, going to Grand Soren, you know. You oh, like taking taking Hydra in the camp, and you you got to spend the fifteen minutes walking over to Grand Soren behind oh, an ox. Oh yeah. When you yeah, do yeah, a yeah. speed run, half of the speed run is that quest. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, and I, as by the time I got there, I'm like, I'm good. Never mind. I'm not. I don't want. I guess I don't want to play this game anymore. 
it's just not not you, for me. So the, I, the version that you have right now is the version that has the stones, right? That allows you to teleport. Because like the first time that stone. I played it, uh, I did not eternal have Eternal fairy stone. Yeah, the eternal yeah, fairy the stone. Eternal, eternal fairy stone and uh, their base fairy stones at uh, Casardis and Grand Soren. Yeah. And then you could find I, five I could not imagine. Picture. Back in my day. I played the whole game without an eternal fairy stone. So you have to <laughs> buy your fairy uh, stones in the first game, and you only, I'm sorry, you only get one port crystal in the first game. Oh, I didn't man. get one. I didn't even, I didn't even knew how to use it, so I just like walked everywhere. So yeah. you must have been like, I went through the whole night. game just like running. Yeah, like trying to get back to a town at night when everything can kill you and is, is out to kill you must be terrifying. No, because you get you can't to just warp. You get to a point Save where your character's so powerful that it doesn't really even doesn't matter. You're just like Yeah, the overworld you, you you relatively overlevel the overworld yeah. pretty quickly. I mean Bitter Black Island is in Especially the DLC because is kind of where I used real. to farm I used yeah. to farm that uh, the first dragon that you had access to, which is that one that's on the path to that fort somewhere. There's like the, that, yeah, 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 on the left the, side of the Dreadford or Blackford, something like that. I don't know, but yeah, there was a Drake one, in the forest there. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. a Drake somewhere in there, and How I would ran you into it once. Him? What? How would you damage him early on? Not not early on. I farmed him later down the line. Oh, okay. I oh. thought you said you like started off like you were like. Yeah, that's no, 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 that's like, like, what? Like, no, hell no. Although, 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 on on the second save file, I probably could have done that because uh, I had a lot of people um, that because like at the time I would accept anyone as my friend on PS3, and I had a lot of people that had uh, really really powerful pawns. Oh, you just and you could, pawns you could you could just like you yeah. could do that. I didn't do it, but I could have done it to farm that dragon. How would you be able to? How would you be able to afford it though? Unless you, you went you, to they're free if, you're if, they're, if they're your friends, it's free. Oh, is, it's free to your friends. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. that's broken. And it, it was and it was hilarious because like I constantly had to like uh, delete items that people would send me in my pawn because because I was doing the content I would tell people hey if you want to take my pawn out take him out people would take the pawn deck him out in like mega gear and then I'd be like I don't <laughs> I don't want this this is gonna break the game for me stop <laughs> I'd have to like delete the gear to keep the the thing like the progression good it was insane. Yeah. But my the, um, when, when when did you find get into Dragon's Dogma, Shepard? Two two weeks ago. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! Okay, three weeks Ooh, ago gosh. maybe. So I did one offline playthrough with Mystic Knight, and then my second playthrough that I'm in now, I created an actual like goblin looking guy, and it's uh solo assassin only, so like no pawns or anything else like that through Bitter Black. So. Oh, wow. Um, it's it, it 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 plays much differently when you're solo than yes. when you have pawns, uh, and you have to use the the roll for your iframes, or if you want to be cheesy, you can use the the uh, whatever the master kill skill is on you know for the assassin. Uh, although you can't do it for magic or ranged, I guess. Uh, and it's just it's just a really fun experience. I mean, it really shows the love and appreciation for the real mechanics behind that game. Part of the issue is is when you first start out. You oh, and yeah. I, I, this is this is one thing I disagree with. You have to unlock these core skills, which increase your combos, but they're like it's like a total of like 600 vocation points. It's ultimately nothing. But if you don't know that those actually make and extend your normal combos, you may not use them. And so, like, if you're yeah. playing as a fighter and you haven't bought those, like, your X combo is just like <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, it's just this, you know. But then you buy the extended skills and you find out there's 
you know, you could pause and then hit it again and you get an extra combo off or you can hold Y and things like that, that really change it and really make even the basic combo, even outside the core skills, interesting. And then you start thinking about, well, what if I started adding jumps in with jumping attacks? And then with Assassin, it's even crazier because you get this skill, which is called Instant Reset, which is from a game design perspective, maybe one of the most broken looking things ever because you'll be on the yeah. ground and instantly you're like, ah, I'm back up. Shoot. But you can cancel any animation you're doing. And, you know, you're coming from the guy that made Devil May Cry. It kind of makes sense why he would add these things into his game, because these are probably things that he'd like to add into Devil May Cry, but it just doesn't fit necessarily in that theme. But he's like, what if we let you counter every physical attack in the game? No problem. What if we let you instantly cancel any animation you're doing? And in the context of the character, it makes sense and it fits. Um, I would recommend it. I would recommend anyone watching to do a normal solo playthrough as long as you're not doing like major sorcerer because that's going to suck really bad yeah uh, yeah you're yeah. just gonna be watching bars fill up all the time but you know fighter or strider you know even mystic knight or or assassin or anything like that uh, try doing a solo playthrough you will miss the amazing dialogue you will miss that goblins are weak to fire and ice both <laughs> goblins are weak to fire risen you will, you will miss the fact that wolves hunt and pass. The duke, the, the duke can stand to commission some new roads. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you'll you'll miss out on a lot of things, but the the experience of it is very fun. Another thing that I try to do is I also try not to use uh, healing items when I'm actively in battle. I try to clear each encounter without Ooh. like spamming uh, healing. And are stuff you playing like on hard that. mode? I play on normal. Uh, my first playthrough, I did offline hard with pawns. Yeah. Um, but hard mode changes the game in a lot of ways, some of which, none of which really necessarily make it better from a, yeah, from a I, I, design standpoint. I agree. It's, it's like, I just have that friggin' souls brain of mine. It's like, let's play this on hard. And it's like, it's really hard at the start and then you make enough money and then it's really easy the rest of the Yeah. <laughs> so you get double experience, you get gold becomes zero issue. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, like it, it becomes much it's still funny but to like kill kill a goblin and then it just like drops one of those big ass ten thousand bags. Huge stack of gold just flows <laughs> over you. This, this um, goblin was carrying around this huge sack of gold. <laughs> so, you take, you personally take only you, not your pawns. You take five times damage, uh, which means for many characters you get one shot. For a Mystic yeah. Knight, you might take two or three hits. Uh, which means you'll be healing all the time, which isn't that fun, which is if you want to go through a fight without healing like that all the time, it's it's a lot harder to do. Um, you know, you out you over level too quickly. Enemies don't get any increased defense. It's just it becomes harder to stagger them. So mm. there are a number of moves like the assassin has a move where you if you do a light attack and then you wait and then you hit again. You can do these kicks, do like a little four series roundhouse kick act, uh, with the daggers. And that has a good amount of stun. And then if, if you're, if they're light enough, you could kick them up in the air. If you're to do that on hard, unless you were stacking like stagger uh, augments, you wouldn't even be able to do that combo effectively. It wouldn't make sense to do. That's the really I cool. Mala, I th that's, throw that's, Blasco's burr. <laughs> that's, that's another really cool thing about Dragon's Dogma is how your own character's weight and height actually affects yep. the gameplay it affects your ability to grapple other characters and how much you can actually carry and whatnot i was like yep. dude this goes on so many different levels the one oh, thing yeah. that oh yeah the one thing that does bother me a little bit is 
uh, you have to plan your character out in advance. You can't just like, oh, I just feel like playing Dragon's Dog. I'm just going to jump in. If you want to min-max, no, 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 no. You have right. to plan out. I, How no, many no, levels I, am I going to be a mage? How many levels am I going to be a fighter? Whatever. Because I, all of that influences your stats. And it's annoying. You know, I, 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 have, I have a very different stance on this. Because this is the thing that I think is unfortunate, is that I was initially put off a little bit because the, a lot of the comments you see online is, oh, you got to start over. You didn't do your first 10 levels as, you don't, as a, you sat, don't have uh, to. a rager. Right. Like people, like if you want to min-max, that's the point here that everyone right. misses. Literally min The game is, is not yeah. like, you could go through and level to 200 as one and go over to Sorcerer and still do okay. The end game. The equipment matters uh, a lot weapons more. Weapons will, will, so I just don't, I just don't. I fear that people are going to be off put hearing, well, you got to care about how you level up. And if you do that, it's like, yeah, it's like if, if it's you your... want to min max, and this is a game that rewards you for min maxing. Like, if you want, that's why we do so many playthroughs, is because when you start specializing, oh man, you can break the game in really fun sandbox ways. But it's one of those things, like, if, if this is your first time playing and you're playing on normal, like, level up whatever you want, experiment with whatever classes Don't you want. Don't think about play, it, yeah. Play around with it, and then on your second playthrough, be like, okay, so I'm going to play 10 levels as fighter, then 10 levels as assassin, or whatever. I mean, I would just yeah. say, broadly speaking, if you're going to be physical, try to stick to physical. If you're going to be magic, yeah, yeah. try to stay to yeah, magic. Just choose, choose your Ultimately, weapon. Much, it doesn't yeah. matter. If you did 200 levels as assassin and then you switched to sorcerer, maybe it is time to make a new character. Yeah. Let, I mean, to be honest, I mean, let's be real. I mean, come on. Uh, but but the, um, uh, if you that, got the gear for it, though, I guess it doesn't matter. The, the, cool thing, you, the cool thing is like when you start seeing some of the meme builds, like you see someone that leveled up, I don't know, 200 levels as um, not a mage, but whatever is the advanced, the, the whichever one of the mages gives you the most the magic is a sorcerer. It would be sorcerer. Okay. Yeah. So level up as the sorcerer and then swap into Mystic Knight. Now that can be some interesting stuff. Yeah. You really no, get or, or Mystic Archer. Too. Yeah, yeah, or Mystic Archer, yeah. You get a lot yeah. of damage out of the spells and whatnot. It's so cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, well, if what you, platform if are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing it on PC. So um, I'm able to play it at like 1080 and it locks at 120. And I've got a couple visual nice. mods that I really like. Um, there's a mod that gets rid of a lot of like, it's like lens flares. You, yeah, I know yeah, you both know what I'm talking about. Like it's no, really I, there, harsh. It's a lot of low yeah, res PNG lens flares like around your lantern. It gets rid of those. So that's one mod. I got rid of a thing that gets rid of the depth of field. So like randomly around the screen, there's just like these black boxes. I have a mod that gets rid of that. And then I have a mod that makes the daylight like a little bit more clear and then it makes the mm. night and in the caves much darker so when my lantern goes out like you can't see crap like it's dark yeah you're almost <laughs> eight, you're almost doing like auto hdr at that point yeah uh, no it's 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 really really dark and it gets really scary i like, think the game will be the game does a pretty good job of representing darkness like i don't think i need a yeah, better this this, this makes it a bit darker like you'll be fighting there's this one room in bitter black island like no spoilers but like the ground has a very low layer of water so you're safe uh -huh. walking around but if you get knocked over or roll your lantern's gonna go out and now you're fighting like an ogre and like a you Death. know a ravager and you have no light and so fortunately there's a door you could run away and, and go away or you can try and put your lantern back on man the, the amount of hours i spent in that particular room just cheese farming death is is just ridiculous i've spent 
probably a hundred hours in that specific area. He's almost That's a little disappointing deep. though as a fight, to be honest with you. He's got yeah, yeah. two moves. Yeah, he's very he, basic. He he does a sleep and then he hits with his scythe. I mean, you don't even I mean, obviously you could use blast arrows or anything you want to kill him, but as long yeah. as you don't get put to sleep, there's there's almost nothing he can do unless you just stand in front of him when he's cocking back his scythe. Um, yeah. I took one life bar from today. I haven't killed him yet, but um, I'm trying not to use blast arrows or throw blasts. Or oh, <laughs> blast arrow. It's, it's, it's so uh, funny because... It's the Kelby bow. I love it. That's, I'm not using it. That's usually what, what ends up happening with me at the end of Bitter Black Isle because like, um, oh, wait, you haven't gotten to the end of Bitter Black Isle. I've... I've gotten uh, one round clear. I'm working on my second round clear. Okay, so yeah, we can, we can watch what we say. Oh, right. The second you're in, is you're, when, in okay. you're in version two, yeah. Okay, yeah, never so. mind. Yeah, things, okay. things get changed gonna, up a little bit. I'm yeah. going to shut up. Oh, we don't want to give, give people spoilers anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> play Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, the, and honestly, really it's should, $9 like, on Steam. It's $9 right now. Nice. Oh my gosh, damn. It was super Force cheap not yourself. that long ago on, yeah. on Switch as well. People kept telling me, oh man, it's like I was 13, say, if, whatever. If you, Get it. If, you if you bought a Switch for Rise and now you're, you're running out of stuff to play and maybe you're not interested in stories, get Dragon's Dogma. It's so good on the Switch It actually well. runs I've really it, well it now on the Switch on, as well. Yeah. yeah, I've done now uh, PC, Xbox, and I've done Switch, and I started with Switch. The Switch version is in no way anywhere inferior to any of them. They all run really, really well. I was, it's a I, you're locking 30, it's fine. And I'm sure cannot, it locks 30 on the Switch. I cannot express how happy I was the first time I saw Gaijin tweet about Dragon's Dogma. I was like, yes! Another I'm one! A lot of videos coming out. Like People are like rediscovering the game constantly now. Like I'm, I'm seeing God. more yeah. and more tweets. It's still like, there's so many fans for that game. Yep. Uh, and you see why, and like the, the, the craziest thing about it, and we're talking about it a little bit before we started recording Raycon is like, allegedly like this is the, the game that we got is like 20 to 30% of the content that they had planned for dragon's dogma one, yeah. like without getting into any spoilers at all, there's like a castle you go to and behind the castle, there's a gate. And on the map of the overworld, like when you zoom out, like in the game, there's like this entire half a continent, like grayed out that you never visit. There was going to be stuff there like there was going to be a lot more things but i think just like the development for monster hunter world um you know dragon's dogma was like one of those like hail mary swing for the fences games that capcom was working on development for and it just ended up like somebody's like hey you got to release the game or we're gonna go bankrupt <laughs> like you what? have to release what you have now you know? one of the things that i would have loved to see on dragon's dogma and they did a game about this but it only came out in Japan or Asian territories or whatever was I would have loved to see four player co-op Dragon's Dogma because oh, it, it just it, oh, it yeah, just Dragon's screams it it just screams it as like it would be just... so broken it would be so broken like every class is so already broken oh it would be great like four players in sync doing sorcerer spell sinks over and over again like nonstop bolides <laughs> oh, until everybody's stamina was depleted. <laughs> It'd be broken. It would be, I mean, it'd be fun, mm. but it'd be messed up. So like, that's one of the things. So, so here's something I'm a little passionate about. It's um, game preservation and game history, right? So you guys are probably both familiar. Monster Hunter Frontier shut down basically the same yeah. month as Dragon's Dogma Online. And close to the time that Monster Hunter Online shut down, which is the Chinese version, online version, like where, you know, as fans of both Monster Hunter and Dragon's Dogma, like what are we supposed to do as fans of these series, now that these games that is have content that is no longer access accessible, like 
what are you supposed to do? Like, do you think there's like some data janitor somewhere at Capcom that manages all of this stuff and like these old projects? Like, do you think they still have hard drives filled that could bring these games back online in some way? I mean, obviously it would not be commercially viable for them to do so in any normal way because they shut it down in the first place. But like, it still See, matters, what, right? I have, I have a radical idea. And I'm like you were saying, like from a like a corporate standpoint, it doesn't make financial sense to try no to sense rework the back yeah. end and yeah. re-release it. So we're not going to see thought, releasing, right? What I thought would be cool is, let's say Dragon's Dogma Online or any other company for that matter, they have an online game that went on for many years, and they're like, okay, we're closing it down. We have to because it costs whatever so much, and we have to move on, and do a Kickstarter. And say, if you guys want us to make an off an offline version of this game, it'll right. play however it'll be a lazy port, but it'll be a offline version. If you fund it, we'll get a small team or we'll outsource it to like a small dev team that'll we'll, we'll give somebody it. a license to work on it. Yeah. Because at that point it's more fan service than anything. It like it'll pay for itself if the fans can back it and just leave it up to the fans and say, if you really loved it, then help us because we can't commercially sell it. I think that would be a cool idea, and I think that fans would fund it. And so there's a, a huge language barrier between, of course, many fans in the West and and these studios in Japan. Like, what do you think their thoughts are? Like, if you walked up to one of them, right? Obviously, the the former director for Frontier is he's gone now, right? It was Ino Ito, Street Fighter guy. I think he was technically the director of it. He's gone in any case. But you talk to whoever is there. Like, what do you think their thoughts are? Like, what would they even say? Like, would it be a corporate response? Would it be a sympathetic response? Would it be a response to like, maybe someday? I think of Nintendo, and if it were a Nintendo property, it'd be no way in hell. But I don't know how Capcom feels. I think for most people, it would be no way in hell. Right. I think because, no way in hell, but the thing is, I think there's a difference between the employee and the person. I think as a developer, like, as a creator, like, pe these these people worked really hard on the game. They would love to see it still be played today like there's like no creator is happy that no one is playing their game and their hard work you know unless it'd it was be, like et or something right like something like horrifically bad it'd be kind of like by, uh it'd be kind of like us being like oh i'm so happy that youtube took down my videos or whatever yeah right yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, even <laughs> if you had no ad revenue like hey we we deleted your channel you'd be like oh thanks <laughs> but, but the corporate person the corporate person doesn't want, uh, well, knows that there's no chance in hell because corporations are dumb here in Japan, especially. That's what I'm um, saying. Like you're saying, like I, a Kickstarter could happen, but I'm just saying, like realistically, like they'd be like, I'm not, yeah. I don't even know what sort of response we'd get. I no. think, well, they don't I need. think that these games should just like, whenever you start an online game, I think it, there should almost be a rule. It's like, listen, you're starting an online game. It's going to be a live service. It's going to be whatever. And eventually, when that live service ends. You have, they should have like some kind of responsibility to preserve that game, to either give the servers away to the server code to users so that I like, if I want to, I can host the server, right? For people or uh, make a version of the game, like patch the game to be offline. Like what's going to happen for instance to Anthem? Cause they already said they're not going to do Anthem yeah. 2.0. Like, so right now those, those servers are still up, but eventually yay being, you know, yay. They're going to go like, well, time to shut down the servers. Pfft, dead game forever. It's like, come on. I actually did enjoy the gameplay that I did of Anthem. I had a great time when, when I was playing it. Sure, the game had a crap ton of problems. I'm not going to lie. I made a bunch of videos highlighting those problems. 
But like, it's gonna suck when that game disappears forever, because you can't you can't play it ever if, again. There's if no Japanese companies weren't so paranoid about sharing their their source code with an outsourced company, because they are. Oh yeah. In general, every company. It's is. not like the West where it's like, okay, yeah, let me work with M2 or one of the awesome port companies and let them do it. Like, that's rare here in Japan, right? But if that wasn't the case, and I would almost, I'd almost be interested in in doing my own company, start up a company that literally does crowdsource projects, and I go and approach publishers and say, look, I will buy the rights to this, and we'll port it, and we'll do this, and I, I will, you know, like there's is a small but meaningful business there that could happen. No, but I, mean, I just think imagine companies don't want to share their source code. No, but yeah, they just don't want to share source. It's yeah. a corporate secrets. It's their know-how. It's their own, you know, Japan is still, there might be a mistake. They're getting better, like but they're also, they're obsessed with their own engines and proprietary tools where I think the Western development understands that in order to have incredible, huge pipeline development, you, you just can't, make it all yourself right. they share it out and they, you know? i mean you know most people are using the unreal engine or unity engine anyways so yeah you know, so i don't know it's it's sad i agree with you it's 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 not right because you know the game should be celebrated for what they were and it's, it's a real I'm shame never, a library of congress i'm never gonna get to, to play uh frontier i've never played it this time it was pretty good it wasn't perfect it and the, as much as like every time it gets brought up and there's a person typing out the comment no about tonfas the tonfas were okay guys they weren't amazing they were just okay uh, the switch axe there was switch axes in frontier did you know that i was, i don't know much about frontier different... way better it had a guard point how cool is that nice. a built-in guard point you'd counter and then you'd like hit twice or something like that Way more fun than the Tonfas. I never played with the Magnet Spike. That thing looked like just broken. That looked like the sort of like power creep they released. And I would mm. say like, based on what I know, based on my own personal experiences of playing Frontier, and, and some people disagree with me, and obviously like, this is just my own experience. They just started listening more and more to the people that wanted more and more power creep, right? So like we talk about Rise Now, we talk about there's not enough challenging content, right? And so that's, that's all the way on one end of the spectrum. All the way over here are the people that are like, I need something harder than Extremeth, and I need everyone who plays this game to beat something harder than Extremeth solo <laughs> if they want to play it anymore. Like that's that's the level of where Frontier was getting. Um, and again, you would have like a million armor skills, so it wasn't that bad. But you know, and there's like some grinds. Oh, you'd hate it, Gaijin. There was like you could have like a super version of a weapon specific skill that required you to kill um, Raviente, like something like. 10,000 times or something. It had to be like once a day for like three years or something like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you'd get a cool skill. Hey, there's there's your there's your end game chase. There you go. There's there's uh, a Skinner yeah, box. I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be <laughs> no, able to, no, yeah. No, but like, I mean, like, I listen, I, wow. I, when I when I read when I read online that one of the trophies for Assassin's Creed 2 was you need to collect a hundred something feathers, I was like, well. Guess I'm not getting that one. <laughs> Checking that off my list. Checking yeah. that. Uh, no, get the right off my bucket that. list. Yeah, no, no. Here's way. a really random comment, but this is just something that's always disappointed me ever since I discovered the 360 back in the day in online games. We Western developers are no, no, no. Western developers. This has nothing to do with Xbox, actually. Western <laughs> developers versus Japanese developers. 
Western developers in general have some really creative, interesting ideas for achievements. And what has always made me very sad is that Japanese developers don't. Even games like Monster Hunter, like the guild cards and the, the medals that you can get, they could get so much more creative with those. That would no, actually give you... Shot, right? Yeah, or, or like even stuff that would give you your... Was it Skinner Machine or what do you guys think? Skinner, Skinner, Skinner Box. Box. I, 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 I'm telling you, you I still just it. have Hellblade, Hellraiser, and I have I have flesh being peeled off. It's the only I don't. Skinner Box. <laughs> I just I was just watching a documentary on '80s horror the other day, so that's that's why. That's where your mind is. But right. um, <laughs> so like if they had certain things like okay, defeat Magnamala with every weapon, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, that would that would actually give gameplay to a good amount of people without having to actually create any new content like achievements i thought were genius like i i I loved the idea of achievements and trophies and the more creative you get and it just it's so sad that western developers are good at it and japanese ones are so bad they're all like make one of every weapon collect 1000 this get 1 million gold it's just like okay what where does the excel spreadsheet end okay do that It's like, right. that's so stupid. Like, come on, yeah. man. No, you're right. No. Um, I, I do kind of wish that layered armor were given out like randomly. That would have been one way to do it. Like every five hunts of a monster, you'd get like a random piece of their armor, including duplicates. So you'd be like, no. Royal Ludroth pants oh, again. Oh God, not Overwatch. Jesus Christ, dude. I wanted to. Oh my God. I, I'm I, not putting loot boxes in the game. I'm just saying. No, but it's, it's like no. Th- there's few things worse than getting a duplicate on on a random okay, reward. Fine. I really I hated it so much. That you can then buy the piece with. I don't know. Okay, if that works. That works. Okay. Yeah, currency I can do. And this this episode, we're just bringing up trauma from me and Rui yeah. and everybody. <laughs> I, I did look it up. I did spend up to twenty dollars on the first Overwatch loot pack for the Olympic Games, and I regret it. But I have spent money on loot boxes, purely See, cosmetic loot boxes. I I don't regret it. You want to know why? Because I never bought a single loot box in Overwatch. Screw yeah. that noise. You're better than me. <laughs> better than me. I don't know why. Somewhere in my mind at the point, I was in a collector's mentality. I'm like, I'll make sure to... I'm going to get every single costume. I'm oh, going to get God. every single oh. unlock. Dude. I like the game for the first season, and then I'm like, this game sucks. I'm not playing this anymore. Sorry, yeah. Overwatch fans. Pretty much. That's that's pretty much how it went for me. T- I mean, for me, yeah. it was always so disappointing to open up the loot box and be like, oh, here's a, a sticker, and here's a, a spray. Here's a voice line for a character you yeah, don't play. A, and I'm just like, oh man, why don't you grab all those and like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was frustrating. So I'm, I'm curious, because I think I've heard somewhere that you're also into Souls. Is that right? Or is that not Dark right? Souls? Yeah, Souls. That's uh, just Souls yeah. in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Souls games. You know, I'm excited for Elden Ring. Uh, ah... Uh, I'm sure that I'm not sure if that's where that was going or not. Um, I got this the is like Demon's a crack, Souls. This is like a crack addict, like asking somebody, "Hey, you like this stuff?" It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, I'm with Gaijin. I, I mean, at least I assume his opinion is his Bloodborne is the best of all of them, and I think pretty objectively, I can say yes to that. Dark Souls, Dark Souls one is the best one. Uh, it's got the best world design. I can't argue with you there. It's got the most perfect egg of a world. That has ever existed with little things that crawl around all inside so the egg. So good. 
So I will not argue with there. I mean, I prefer the pace of the combat in Bloodborne. I, I really loved the Chalice Dungeons. I think that was a perfect way to add, um, you know, as much procedurally generated content as a person could ever want to play around in. Um, unlike many procedural games where you could see the obvious seams and stitches of like this room to this room, I always felt like the Chalice Dungeons in Bloodborne had a little bit more of an authentic feel. I think they did a really good job of of creating enough mm. unique weird little rooms and then putting enough unique weird little guys in each one um to make it even do if you, you'd gone through 20 of them that they felt okay you you do know that like not all of them were random yeah i know some were real i know some were, were handcrafted yeah probably the majority of ones that you went into were real the, because they were required all of the all of the mandatory ones to get to the final boss all of those were actual then there was like there was like a an aff, a suffix at the end of one of them and that would tell you this one is the one that's randomly generated i forget which one it is it's been too long for bloodborne for me look i can't i'm not going to claim to know much about them other than they were good and i like yeah. the combat and i my my best playthrough was i did a trick weapon one not a trick weapon one a trick tool weapon one basically it's magic in bloodborne um really fun uh, really enjoyed it. Didn't use the flamethrower at all, but I used pretty much everything else, like the black sky eye or whatever it was, and um, just everything. You that know, having to match the element. Look, I just like matching element, okay? That's all I want to do in video games is I want you to say, mm. here's a fire, here's a thunder, here's an ice, here's a holy, here's a dark. These things are weak to these things. You hit them with those things when you need to. Go get them. I don't know why. That's what I like. No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. It's, uh, just, there's something about it that is insanely satisfying. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge difference, but it has to be a bit of a difference. Maybe it was like played a lot of Final Fantasy as a kid, and that used to matter a lot mm. more back then than I think it does now. I'm remembering yeah, if my it's a zombie, Final you gotta use a fire spell, you know. Or cast life and they just die instantly. That's cool. Yeah. I can't remember any of that really mattering that much in 15. I'm sure things had weaknesses, but I also remember just pushing the, the square button a lot or something. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Um I don't know. Yeah, make uh, element great again. We can start a new hashtag. Make make just, elements it, great again, please. Capcom, fix it. Just all games actually. I, I, I think, think this is a game. just relevant. Just relevant. <laughs> yeah. Make elements relevant Have again. Po make poison matter. Okay. Why does poison always suck in so many games? Poison and rise, I it's think, actually, is actually it's, it's, they actually buffed good. it in rise. Yeah. Poison is good in rise. They buffed. Yeah, well, they did secretly... something to it that makes it really good, which is that you can build up the next right. poison while they're poisoned, right. which was it's a very, great change. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you can keep it up almost the entire time, especially, I mean, if you've got, if you get really lucky with your uh, Camellio's greatsword, I mean, it almost never goes away in some monsters. So, yeah. You got to get lucky, though. Got to get lucky on the rage mm. slashes. <laughs> <sighs> um, anyway I'm, I'm with I'm, you though i agree yeah th there's something satisfying about matching the element and collecting all of them and feeling that that sense of accomplishment and collection and i feel like you work good. for something and then you like you use it not just like okay i made all these elemental great swords and i guess i'll just use the rampage well that's where stories two is going to scratch, scratch that itch for me it's, just, it's like it's i'm going to create my right? i'm going to create my own yeah damn it there, there are you elemental know, I, weapons i had my I got my ice Sedegios. I was kicking ass with that thing. Oh man, did you? By the way, did you get? Did you guys see the Gunlance animations in Stories Two? Oh, every They're animation good, but like, in Stories Two. Is the weapon 2. strong enough? I didn't upgrade. No, it. the so, weapon. It's it's not it's not great at all. <laughs> it's 
just, like, it's I, just I, like I, in I every monster. The wyvern fire. I did like 14 damage to a Benabra. I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, for bo- sorry to bother you, Benabra. Yeah, exactly. I love how I love how great sword and bow are like the the two best right now. Still, of course, uh, I just, couldn't get oh, I didn't get a crazy. single sleep off, Gaijin. I use I used the Benabra armor. I charged every time, and I shot sleep at least a dozen times. Not one sleep. Good. What you happened? Know, That's what you just get. use the rapid shots, and you're all good. We don't we don't need anything but the rapid. They're so powerful. The power shot is ridiculous. You're supposed to be able to sleep things. It's a it's a status weapon. No, maybe I'm wrong. Mm, I'm the wrong. No, nah, nah, listen, you just got to wyvern fire things to death. That's how you solve all problems. But they don't. They take ten damage. That, yeah, no, it doesn't so do cool. a lot. You probably, like, you probably shot the. Um, they just shoot at, at like a monster that is resilient to. Uh, What's it called? A Benabra. It was the Benabra. A, a Benabra should be resilient to nothing. I don't. I don't know. It's like every time I've shot the Wyvern fire, it's like over a hundred damage. So I don't know. My, my weapon just sucked. I was weak. It's fine. It's me. I'll, it's a personal problem. It <laughs> happens. Okay. It might. They sell medicine for it. I'll talk to I my ver- doctor. I very quickly went and I got the Tetsukabra gun lance that was in there. So yeah, I was just like yeah, getting yeah. get in the Everdens, grind those Everdens out and get the Tetsukabra gun lance. It's like, boom, destroy everything. It's so fun. Friggin' loved it. But those animations are just on another level. There's just something brutally yeah, satisfying. Very good about game. I-, I would love to see a Monster Hunter that. in that style. Like that art See, Gaijin, so cool. this is what I'm talking about. Ooh. Oh, it's so I never good. said I'd be against it. I just oh, it's so I like good. how Rise looks. If it were I stories. like them both. All right. So I, I have a platter. I have a, I have two choices. You have Rise as it is, and you have Rise done in the stories, art, and animation. Everything else is the same. Which one would you choose? Stories. It's it's easy. It's that you just have to choose one. You can have whatever you want. It's your heart's desire. It's like I, I don't think Rise looks bad though. That's I think like, that's Rise like, that's looks like amazing. telling me like who do you love more, your son or your daughter? Like I I love them both. No, you love one. I, more. Would... Let's be honest. <laughs> Come on. That's the lie every parent says. It's not true. <laughs> Which one? If, okay. And they played the, they played the same? They played yeah, the same. Exactly the same. It's just pure, purely visual change. Uh, I'd it's probably your- lean a little. I'll lean one percent heavier to stories. <laughs> that's only because you don't want to hurt like your less favorite child's feelings, and that's okay. That's that's the nice thing to say. We all understand, and respect that. I'm stories hundred percent. I love the It's yeah. There's something about I mean, it. I, high I contrast I don't think colors Rise, and I don't say I don't think Rise looks bad. I think Rise looks fine. I just I really like that story style because it's new, it's fresh, it's colorful, mm. um, it's cool looking. I mean, they could even have like the blood sprays and monster hunt it, and it wouldn't be like weird, you know, yeah. too violent or too weird. I mean, it would still work. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, once it comes to PC, I mean, I could see some very ambitious modders possibly doing something like that i mean it'd be a huge project but at the same time um we've doing seen world movies. doing world with textures from i mean they already have like the characters from fire emblem and whatnot in world on pc so. yeah I mean, you got thomas the tank engine they can do anything so. <laughs> thomas the tank engine nergigante mod is one of the hardest and scariest things i've ever done by the way you have no idea where his spines are and son he just kills you so. i I think one I of still the, love the the Resident Evil ones where like they changed the who's it Mr. Thomas. X or whatever to like yeah. You just hear the you hear the, the train engine song as he starts <laughs> moving. 
<laughs> the um the what what should we call it? The you were saying about the scariest thing. One of the scariest things that I've seen is one that I don't know what monster it is. I forget now. But they transform into like this anime uh female character. And I was like, that is some nightmare fuel. Her legs are bending in weird ways. I cannot look at this thing. This thing looks atrocious. I, I don't know what it is, but it sounds scary. Yeah, it is. Monster Hunter World. Animals. Yeah, the, there's there's a mod out there that replaces one of the oh. monsters. I think it might be oh, Nurgigante even. Hunt. That's a Neko Para one or something. Yeah, like that. that thing. That one thing was scary. It was. Sc- yeah, I saw. No, her I was animations like, animations weren't sh- queued up at all. She's like walking on her back, like. Oh! <laughs> I know what you're talking about now. I saw that, that thing, and almost, I was like, that was almost geez. scarier than. So everybody liked and loved Thomas when I installed that mod. People did not like that mod. Yeah, I, just, I I didn't like it either. For this. a second, Rurikon, I thought you were talking about um, like something else you'd seen with like. A monsters no. turning into anime girls and i'm like what is he talking about <laughs> no, no. I, I see i was starting out i was like this sounds pretty nice i don't know what this he's sounds like scary. something gaijin was watching in his horror movie uh <laughs> marathon the other day holy crap <laughs> jesus christ <sighs> but anyway listen guys I, it's like we've been I'm going on apologize for three, i, I did not mean to talk hours. about my sony feelings for so long and, Your sleep um, paralysis demon, the scuffed up back Rathalos edition PS4 Pro hovers over your face at yeah. 2.30 <laughs> in the morning and doesn't let you get up. You just have to hear its fan noise get increasingly louder as it fills your eardrums. I understand. The worst possible time to bring up, but I'm, thumbs up I'm thrilled like, that I would... Sony, thumbs down if PS4 Pro is your sleep paralysis demon. Leave a comment below explaining so, the decision. So listen, we'll we'll invite Shepard again, but you can't talk about Sony yes. or Microsoft. No, I'm game. I'd love to hear about it. Again. You know, there's got to be more to that list. I mean, that list did not end. There's more there. Yeah, that probably is. But yeah, guys, we're gonna we're gonna call it here because it's three. 21 in the morning yeah. and tomorrow oh i still God. have to wake up to edit this podcast i mean i'm not gonna edit that much it's gonna sync the audio sync the audio i've got well be, please my i punched my mic at one point please cut that out and i mean my screen freaks out sometimes but it's not that bad right uh but yeah guys if you guys enjoyed uh this episode of the third fleet podcast like button if you uh did not enjoy it or if you hate sony hit this i don't know whatever thank you for coming on though i'm I'm a huge fan of yours and it's it's no, been really it's, great talking to you and i love what you do for the community thank there's you. gonna uh, be there's gonna be description um links to everything shepherd in the description as well as gaijin and all that stuff shepherd anything that you would like to shout out sir um i mean i stream at twitch i'm probably streaming right now twitch.tv slash sd shepherd outside of that um that's it. Um, doing uh, content and then your you know normal monster hunter content outside of that whenever uh, things are feeling good. Okay, we'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong, stay safe, and happy hunting on your Xbox. <laughs> Dude, Game Pass is so good though. <laughs> Did you guys hear about Game Pass? It's such good value. <laughs>
I forget there's a meme about the, that now. The, 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 the critically acclaimed. Uh, yeah, I don't critically. Know. <laughs>